We are back here on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. My name is Dirty Mike. And I'm the Big Ugly. And we are back in the mansion. First time since WrestleMania 35, I guess that's what it was, Big Ugly, in the Big Apple. Well, New Jersey is where we were. Yeah. Uh, Secaucus. Secaucus. <laughs> yeah. A lot of angry, pissed off people at the end of it. Didn't get out of there until like four in the morning. Oh my goodness. I mean, yeah, the show was great. The WWE Universe got exactly what they wanted all the way up until like 12.30 a.m. When we, when we walked out of there after the main event. Uh, but yeah, there were 82,000 people trying to get away from the stadium, back home or back to their hotels. Um, it took us a while, uh, but it, it was an experience. We had a good time, and, and uh, the show was great. Uh, and we talked about it on the way home uh, as we were all, uh, you, me, CM Funk, shout out to him, Baltimore Bassmasters fishing this weekend, and Mikey Mike. Uh, or what did we? What did, he, what did he want us to call him now? It wasn't Mike. Frock Lesnar. Frock Lesnar. <laughs> See, I was I was kind of uh, hinting at it all the way because he said it that weekend, but now it's Frock Lesnar. Hey, um, we're going to talk about that because there's been some time in between then and now, but we're still here. Yeah, man. Uh, Just a little uh, little break after WrestleMania. Little hiatus. Yeah, a little hiatus. Yeah. But uh, we're back. And uh, we're back with episode number 63, as we just figured out. Um, And we're going to be doing, uh, we've been talking about this, and we got finally got, we're going to be doing uh, some expansion, some marketing, uh, some Dirty Ugly Wrestling, and its third year is going to be bigger and better than it ever has been. Absolutely, man. And uh, this is something that we just found out as we were preparing to go on the air here. So, as we were trying to figure out how many episodes we've actually done, because we both kind of... Forgot the number. You knew it. 63. Yeah. You were aware. I just wanted to check. But, of course, as everybody knows, we are on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast is on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and you know, nine or ten people on MySpace. Um, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Twitter. And, of course, CM Funk uh, made all these wonderful flyers that we were not supposed to distribute outside of WrestleMania. But we had distributed them, and we found out too late. So we were giving them out to people in line. And I think people actually listened, uh, and they did something about this. Because we are now on several other platforms that have shared us, uh, which is great. Um, So let me just throw some of these out there. Uh, If you look in Google, if you just type in Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast on Google... You're going to see Player FM. So that is an app that you can download for podcasts. Player FM. Player, not not player, player. P-L-A-Y-E-R-F-M. Also, um, CastBox, C-A-S-T-B-O-X, FM. So listen free on CastBox. You can listen free on Player FM. Uh, You can also listen free on Pod Paradise. That's P-O-D Paradise. Uh, It's... And, of course, we have a one or two episodes that were on YouTube back in the day. Um, so that's just if you Google. Let me hit more results because I'm, I'm just interested to see. Uh, let's see. Man, we're all over the place. We're blowing we, up, man. Man, we are blowing up. I mean, we talked about that so many times that we were blowing up. We are still blowing up. We are everywhere. So over the past three-plus years, you and I talking at our former careers just turned into this and this has been fun, and this is awesome. Absolutely. So, uh, Big Ugly, tell me, uh, before we get into our list of things that have happened since WrestleMania, 
Uh, and we're going to talk about uh, the upcoming Money in the Bank. We're going to talk about AEW, Double or Nothing. And we're also going to talk about, no spoilers right now, uh, but we're going to talk about Avengers Endgame. But by the way, if you haven't seen that movie yet, I don't know. No spoilers right now. No Tell, spoilers. Right. How do you feel about the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast being in our third on to, on to, on to year number four? Man, I am so excited for uh, year three, going into uh, year four, um, mostly because I just have a vision for us getting even bigger. Um, I, I want us to expand to where, you know, we become one of the top premier podcasts um, as far as wrestling goes. Wow. And I feel like the thing is, is that I feel like, you know, and I'm pretty sure a lot of people can relate to this. Sometimes you have a mindset that when you think about big competition and stuff, you start to think like, oh, I could never compete with them or I could never right. get to that point. And so you sell yourself short. But as I've continued to think and notice how, you know, just people that were just like us, but in maybe different industries have pretty much done the same thing. Like they just kept doing, kept being consistent with what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And it took them to the top. And it's like, I feel like we put out a quality podcast. I think, you know, so. I think the people that listen would say the same thing. You know, they like to engage with us. Um, at least I hope so. No negative reviews, please. But, <laughs> hey, but, any publicity is good publicity. Right, yeah. But we, we haven't had a lot of negative <laughs> yeah, reviews. But, exactly. uh, so I think that, you know, I think that we have the potential to, you know, be a top premiere podcast. And I want us to be invited to the, uh, what's it, like the, the Nick's Fish House and all of this stuff to podcast live from that it's got to be Dirty Ugly Wrestling. That is a lofty goal, a lofty <laughs> vision, and that is something I want to pursue. Um, you know, because we've we've done it to where we we pushed and then we pulled back, we pushed, we pulled back, and then we do it. You know, um, and we have a good, we have a good time doing it. That's what because we're not right, we're not wrong, we're just fans, That's all. and we're fans of all kinds of different stuff. So, you know, of course it says Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. It could be the Dirty Ugly Entertainment Podcast. You never know. Yeah. <laughs> the D-U-E. We could get the F out. Or the W out, as it were. But I am with you, Big Ugly. We have lofty goals, and we're going to pursue them. You know, there's there's StarCast out there. There's a lot of places that, that have rallies behind podcasters. Um, and uh, podcasting is one of the biggest things going on in the past several years, and we're a part of that. Exactly. And that's why I think that it's so possible and that we're capable of getting to that point because podcast is the medium. I mean, so many people are choosing to tune out of radio right. and tune into podcasts. And I mean, I know that we're kind of in a, I guess, you know, a niche market because it's wrestling, but there are millions of wrestling fans, you mm -hmm. know, and there, there are millions of wrestling fans that listen to multiple wrestling podcasts. I mean, right. we do it. You know, we, we listen do. to Jericho. We listen to Eric Bischoff, the, you know. Bruce Pritchard. Bruce Pritchard Tony right. Shavani, exactly. Bruce Pritchard. Exactly. With, uh, so, you know. yeah. So, people, and even, like, the Sam Roberts, you know. Sam um, Roberts. You know, so, because I know that it's very attractive to listen to those guys because they've been in the business. Yeah. But then, I know for me as a podcaster, I also like to listen to other people that are in the business and get their take on what's going on in the business currently. And that's us. Because we get the vibe of the, the regular everyday guy on the street. That's what we got. You know, we're not, you know, being professionally paid to make an opinion or whatever it is, like Sam Roberts or whatever the case may be. So we got the pulse. Yes. We got the pulse here on the streets. Yep. In the mansion. On the streets. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I, I'm ready, man. And I'm excited. And we're excited for everybody. And we thank everybody who has listened to, downloaded, shared, liked, subscribed, uh, everything to the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast on any and all mediums that we mentioned earlier. 
uh, and we'll, we'll shameless plug again and again and again uh, and again a shout out to CM Funk Baltimore Bassmasters he's yep. fishing uh, shout out to uh, Jim and Jason keep it 205 alive yep because uh, it still is and uh, you know shout out to Monkey Mike aka Farrakh Lesnar yep. and uh, any and all other guests and hey I got a little surprise for you Big Ugly alright what's this so of course we take breaks in between our segments yes um, so on break number one there's an audio file that I sent you, and I had a conversation for about 20 minutes with a gentleman by the name of Mike Melillo. Um, and you can find him, uh, Mike Melillo, M-I-L-L-I-L-L, -L -L -L, or is it M-I-L-I-L-L-L? -L -L? There's one L, and then there's two L's. Mike Melillo. Um, you know, and I believe it's M-I-L-L-I-L-O. It's Melillo. Anyway, so uh, he is... Uh, an interesting individual. I met him through the chorus of the Chesapeake singing, uh, you know, dundalk.org, if you want to check that out, if you want to sing. We sing at the uh, national anthems at the Orioles game, so while the Orioles are still here and not going to Las Vegas, you can come sing with us. Um, <laughs> uh, he's a great guy. He's a singer. He's an actor. He's an improver. Uh, he's also an international arms dealer. This is <laughs> Yes, I mentioned that before, and you were like, what? Um, and he'll explain that. Uh, he's going to give us a little taste of who he is and then on future podcasts he is going to come sit down talk with us in the mansion or the mansion 2.0 or wherever we do it so uh he is a big fan he's a big he has been a fan of wrestling he has been a fan of movies music all the kind of other stuff that we get into so this is dope man i can't wait to hear this interview and i know it's funny because i know for a creator as he sounds like i'm pretty sure he probably wants to talk more about the acting and the music and everything, but I am just so caught up on the fact that he's a gun runner. <laughs> and this is legal. No, no. Him. For anybody who's listening to this, that's not a red flag. Do not yeah. chase us down. It is absolutely it's legal. legal. It's a to total known fact what he's doing. Yeah. Just look him up on Facebook. Right. M-I-L-L. Exactly. And, and for everybody, I I, and I think I talked to you about this before, uh, the famous Nicolas Cage movie called Lord of War. Yes. And if you watch that movie, there is a point in there where Nicolas Cage talks about being a legal gun runner and being <laughs> a legal, a legal uh, arms dealer and um, pretty much how, obviously, you know, illegal gun running, you know, gets you more money. And, I'm going to have yeah. to check that but out. You mentioned that before. Activity. I'm yeah. going to have to watch that you got to watch Lord of War, man. Okay. Classic. Classic. Nicholas Cage. Yeah. Let's do it. Uh, all right. So uh, listen to that. So that's going to be our first break. We're going to have three segments here today, as we mentioned. Uh, first segment, we're going to talk about everything from WrestleMania to right now. And right now, when we're recording this, we're about a week out. About a week out from Money in the Bank, which is the first actual WWE pay-per-view after WrestleMania. Um, and uh, I've been watching here or there. Uh, content has been... Of course, there's a lot of content. Things have been shaken up with the Superstar shakeup, um, which really doesn't matter too much now because now there's a wild card rule where up to Dude. four people Kid. can transfer from show to show at any given time. Uh, all right, so let, let's and, and go you, ahead. You understand why this had to happen. Wait, wait, wait a minute. We might not be going there yet. Go, go ahead. ahead with the second. Go the, ahead. No, I was just about to say, I mean, I have uh, a couple of notes here a couple of different times in the past few weeks, and it says ratings. Um, oh, I was wondering if we were going to talk about I it. I mean, we're dirty and we're ugly, and right now the ratings are both. So, I mean, WrestleMania got 82,000 people, and it was great, and it had a lot of, you know, WWE Network has over a million or a billion, a billion subscribers or whatever it is. But um, 
the Raw and SmackDown after WrestleMania weren't really the Raw and SmackDown after WrestleMania. I think the same thing happened on both shows. Lars Sullivan came out, beat up a few people. Lacey Evans came out and challenged Becky Two Belts, which, by the way, they're letting her use the word belt as long as she doesn't call the actual belt a belt. Um, it's just a nickname. But the ratings, the ratings are bad. Yeah, man, they're piss poor. And it's, and, it's, and it's not only bad, but it's also bad timing, considering yeah. WWE is trying to make the jump to Fox for SmackDown. Right. And, you know, I I just don't feel like a channel like Fox is going to put up with that for mm -hmm. long. You no. know what I'm saying? So it doesn't look good. It's horrible timing. Also with, the, also with WWE trying to launch the XFL in the next year, mm -hmm. it's just like this isn't good to see that people aren't tuning in to WWE product in right. general overall. What's the cause, man? Uh, the cause is, I think, with WrestleMania, they uh, WWE gave the WWE Universe everything that they wanted, um, which is a first. That's never happened. Um, you know, they gave Kofi Kingston, they gave Becky, they gave eight hours of a pay-per-view. But the thing is, when you reach the pinnacle and you give everybody everything that they want, where do you go from there? Hey, I'm just so hyped right now because me and you are on the same wavelength. When I knew I was coming and we were coming to the mansion and we were going to record this, I figured, I was like, man, we got to talk about the ratings. Yeah. And I started thinking to myself, why are the ratings down? And I was like, yo, I felt like it was crazy thing. Too much fan service at WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. And that's crazy because here's the thing. As a person in that stadium, I got everything I wanted. Me too. But the problem is, is when you get everything you want, where do you go from there? And that's the biggest issue. And I started thinking, I was like, man, this happens on television shows. If you ever think about a TV show where, you know, maybe there's a couple that you want to get together, guy mm -hmm. and a girl, but they just keep dancing around it. They never sure. get together. But it's like, as soon as they finally get together, it's like, dang, well... Why am I watching? Yeah, why am I watching this now? <laughs> it's like you just want to—you just wanted to be happily ever after. But we know that's not WWE. They're not just going to ride off into the sunset. Right. They got to pick up the show on the next night. Mm -hmm. And the problem is, is that there was nothing left. I mean, it's like you had a great feud between Daniel Bryan and Kofi Kingston. Boom, that's over with. Right. Daniel Bryan's injured. He can't, he can't even come back and compete for a little bit. They did have a rematch this past week on Raw, yes. which was interesting that it was Raw because of this wild card thing. Right. But Daniel Bryan is not on the active traveling roster right now, so that was the way to get him out. But interestingly enough, on SmackDown, they handed him and Rowan the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Shane McMahon just handed it to him. Well, well they did have to fight the Usos who came over from Raw to SmackDown to fight for the titles, but Rowan and Daniel Bryan won. Rowan did a lot of the work in that match, but they're, they're kind of writing Daniel Bryan out of main event into something else to where he can kind of fade away for a little while. Get get healthy. It, yeah. And I mean, because I was going to say, is that a bad move? But then again, he does need to get healthy. Yep. We know uh, his situation. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, I, it's like, listen, here's the issue. I, the only solution I can see... By the way, that, the match between Kofi and Daniel on Raw was better than the one at WrestleMania because the one at WrestleMania, yeah. yeah, the one at WrestleMania, nobody, nobody really thought Kofi was going to win. Yes, I, I was watching the thing. I was waiting, and the pop that uh, because it was the Trouble in Paradise one two three. The pop was almost a pop of shock. 
Yeah. <laughs> and there was more uh, pop for the, uh, you know, the celebration with him and his family. I did not mean to cut you off. I'm just saying that the, where that came from, nobody expected, like, oh, my God, Kofi just won. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. All right. But yeah. go on. I'm sorry. No, no. I was just going to say that I think that the only way to get things back to going, a few things. Number one, you're going to have to take the titles off of Kofi and Becky. Yeah. Which, it's sad to say, but... I, I feel like there has not been a baby face since maybe Daniel Bryan that can carry the title and still keep everything interesting, if you get what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Like, we all know that it's always funner watching the baby face, you know, try and chase for the title. But I feel like there have been a few baby faces where even when they've had the title, it's still been fun to watch, whether it be The Rock, Steve Austin. Hulk Hogan, yeah. you know, um, John Cena, Daniel Bryan, there's certain people that can do it. I just don't know if Becky and Kofi are there, or is it that they just aren't strong enough heels right now? That's the case, too. Because when everybody got everything that they wanted and everybody is over, whether you're heel or anti-hero or face or whatever, uh, there's really nobody to hate. Everybody loved to hate Roman Reigns, and then he got leukemia, and then he beat it, so you can't really hate Roman Reigns right now. Everybody loved to hate John Cena, but uh, John Cena is only a part-time player, as it were now, and all he does is come out and give you exactly what you want. He comes out as the doctor of thugonomics and gives you, um, you know, dirty rap. Uh, so it, there's really, and, and, and Lars Sullivan, nobody likes him, hates him, nothing. He just comes out and destroys people. I'm just not, I'm just, I, I'm just not impressed. You know, I feel like when you're in an era in which you're watching Braun Strowman and Brock Lesnar wreak havoc on the division, Lars Sullivan doesn't make that much of a difference for me. You right. Know, it's not like it's like, oh, I haven't seen a big guy do this in a long time. It's like, you got freaking Braun Strowman every week. You yeah. know, it's like. Okay, uh, he comes through and demolish people, you know what I'm saying? And when you see that, when you see Brock Lesnar and he only comes in part-time and then he comes in and he doesn't really deliver and he they put the title on him for two years and then when Braun Strowman comes in and they push him and then they pull him back, push him, pull him back, whether it's his fault, whoever's fault. You know, you don't want to give your belief into a big guy. You want to see... Uh, let me tell you the most interesting thing. I know we're going off on tangents. I got a whole no, list here. Perfect. This is what we do. Um, I, the, the most interesting thing... I've seen on WWE television happened with the Usos and the Revival. Do you know what I'm talking about before I even start talking about it? The back shaving? No, that's part of it. That, that <laughs> I'm sorry. That yeah. yes, that's part of it. But they 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 went forward with that. Um, and the Revival were in the ring. They were ready to fight somebody. Don't even know who. Usos came out on the stage, and then they said that they put like icy hot in the clothing of the revival and they said it's supposed to activate when you start sweating and you get start sweating under the lights and you get in the ring and it should be right about now and then both of the revivals started flailing around and selling it with their face and, and rolling around on the ground no never a punch was thrown never a bell was rung but they were selling it and the usos were up at the ramp saying ah yeah who's you got yeah you burning you itching whatever <laughs> and then they came up and then the usos both had a bottle of water and they were both burning and itching and everything like that so they both like opened their trunks and then they poured a bottle of water and they're oh man no that was for you to drink water makes it worse <laughs> and then they were like ah and they're screaming and ran backstage i'm like you know what that has nothing to do with wrestling, but that was the most entertaining thing that I've seen. Uh, you know, and, and it's about, that caught my attention. I did not turn the channel. I actually went back and watched it again. 
But most of the matches... Which is funny because all the reports on that are pretty much saying that those type of angles with the revivals like burying them. But you actually found it entertaining. I, I found it entertaining too. But, yeah. It's burying them because as far as what they were in NXT, which was reviving that old school tag team. And very serious, right? Very serious, yeah. very competitive, and fantastic stuff. Yeah. But that's... But this might get them over. <clears throat> this might get them over. And that in NXT has a place in NXT. Because when you watch an NXT show, you get... Bell to bell, that's much, you know, different type of matches. Um, lots of false finishes, lots of longer matches. But in, on the main roster, when you have all this time, you need to develop storylines and characters a little bit more, a little bit stronger. Right now, they're not doing that. They, like I said, they gave everybody everything that they wanted at WrestleMania, so now where do you go? Um, and when we talk about the Money in the Bank card, we're going to see exactly where I believe they should go. As a fan, I, when I've watched wrestling, Raw... SmackDown, I fast-forwarded through a lot. I'm not really... You're not really engaged. Not really engaged. And you know what? Here's the crazy thing. You know what I think is missing? Ronda Rousey. Wow. that It's crazy to think that. But th th I'm like, I personally felt like Ronda Rousey, Becky Lynch were money. Now, I've been very vocal about the whole adding Charlotte into the mix and how I didn't agree with it, right? I feel like the whole rival between the man and Ronda Rousey was gold. And it could have went even further. But, of course, Ronda Rousey has left, you know, for the time being. Right. And so we really didn't – we get we got the payoff with Becky winning. But I feel like we still had a little more that we could have engaged in with Ronda and Becky because, you know, they still never got that one-on-one. -on -one, yep. You know what I'm saying? They and sure I feel didn't. like we could have got that. I feel like Ronda did bring a fresh star power to it. <clears throat> so I feel like – Losing her, I think, I feel like was a big blow to Becky Lynch. Because at the time, if you think before WrestleMania, Becky Lynch was the top draw. Mm -hmm. And it's like she was the top draw because of her feud with Ronda Rousey. Right. So it's like you lose Ronda Rousey. Becky Lynch, I don't feel like has lost her steam because, I mean, she's still getting huge pops when she comes out. But now she's feuding with somebody that's like brand new into the main roster and, and Lacey Evans, who I feel like as a heel hasn't fully connected. I think she's doing a great job. Mm -hmm. I just feel like she hadn't fully connected in a way Ronda Rousey had connected with the crowd. That's very true. And so, she's also feuding with Charlotte, which we've seen over the past. Oh yeah. Years. I mean, that's just old news, right? So I mean, yeah, I mean, so I, I feel like the absence of top feuds, star power is hurting WWE right now. Yep. Seth Rollins as a champion, Seth is better off as a heel. Yep. I love Seth. He just works better as a heel. It is what it is. You know, it's like Randy Orton. Um, yeah, man. I yeah. They they've got me. I think that they did this wild card thing, hoping that they can like help cross some of these superstars into different programs and like keep everything you know on, on top. But it's just it's just not working. Bro. Mm -mm. It's just not working. There's there's really no stability. Um, and there's no. Yeah. Lee Ryder just got fired. Uh, this is true. This is true. And, and you know, AEW is going to be nipping at their heels. I know they, they keep saying, oh, it's not going to be any competition. It's not going to be. But let it be competition. Let it be something that gets a fire under you because, you know, it gives you more more presence to, to do something to uh, make a mark, you know, on Monday and Tuesday nights. You know, don't let them go over to AEW and stay there. Give them a reason to stay on Monday and Tuesday nights. I know AEW actually just got a deal for Tuesday nights because Raw, SmackDown, when they move to Fox, they're going to move back to Thursday, I think. Um, and then Tuesday night's going to be AEW. Uh, AEW Tuesday Night Dynamite. 
which is pretty interesting. TNT, WWE had that a long time ago. Um, Tuesday Night Titans or whatever it was. But let that, you know, let that draw fire under some people. Because I, that's what happened in the Attitude Era when the Monday Night Wars with WCW. I wanted to watch. I wanted to see. You never knew what was going to happen on the next segment. Let's, let's get back to something like that. They need it. They I, got I would the say, talent. Yeah. They got the exposure. Do it. Yeah, I would say WWE right now is looking like the WWE of 1995. Oh my god, I was going to say mid 90s. Yeah, you mid 90s. Right there. That they're just stale. They don't have any competition. They're just resting on their laurels and trying to move forward. I'm not. I'm not trying to say that WWE. I can see that they're visibly trying. Of course, you know what I'm saying. That's why you got this wild card thing. They want the ratings to go up. It's not that they're just like they don't care. I just think that something about their formula right now, something about the superstars, the mm-hmm. angles, it's just not working, you know, um, after after this WrestleMania. Because, I mean, my thing is typically I expect, to me, as a wrestling fan, typically I feel like when you get into, like, the summer before SummerSlam, things tend to get a little slow. Mm-hmm. But usually not this fast after no. WrestleMania. Usually things are still pretty high. But... Right now, no. I mean, we're still talking about it. We're still here talking about it. And we're going to be talking about it again when we come back on episode 64. Um, But here's what I think. In about a week when Money in the Bank happens, uh, let me go down the card real quick. We're not going to break it down one by one. We'll do that after Money in the Bank. Um, But let's just see what we've got here. Tony Nese defending the Cruiserweight Championship against um, Davari. Uh, That's from 205 Live. Uh, you got Samoa Joe defending the United States Championship against Rey Mysterio, who has his son Dominic at his side all the time, every time. Let's have Dominic turn heel, and let's just have him second Samoa Joe, and that's fine. Let, let's have something fun happen there. We've got Kofi Kingston defending the WWE Championship, which he has done three or four times since WrestleMania on television, which has taken kind of away from the championship a little. He's a fighting champion. But he's defending the title all the time. Too much. Too much. Uh, against Kevin Owens, Kevin Owens needs to win. He needs to win the title. He's a heel. He's a good heel. He was actually trying to play with the New Day for a while as a face, and then he turned heel again uh, against the New Day and against Kofi. So let him win the title. There's a program there, and there's also a way to get more heat on a big heel. Kevin Owens can do it. Uh, the sh- okay, Miz and Shane McMahon in a steel cage. I'm kind of done with this. Uh, The Miz is a better heel, in my opinion, even though Shane's a good heel. The Miz is a better heel. Absolutely. Uh, We got a steel cage match. We had a false count anywhere match with a superplex off the stage uh, at WrestleMania. But hopefully that warrants the beginning of a couple of new feuds. Um, So I hope to see that. Now, uh, first Becky Lynch match. Becky Lynch defending the SmackDown Women's Championship against Charlotte Flair. Um, that's a bathroom match for me because we've seen it a hundred times. It's probably uh, got the potential to be a good match, but uh, and I want to hear your opinions on all this too. I'm just going down the card. Uh, Roman Reigns, who is now on SmackDown, but sometimes on Raw, versus Elias, who got rid of the only thing that was working for him, which was the guitar playing and getting the heat from telling all the fans that he loves them, that wait, he hates wait, them. I must have missed something here. Yeah. Elias isn't playing the guitar anymore. No. I, w- some... I watch on Hulu, so I think you you yeah. missed that part, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, you only see half of it. Yeah. No, since then Elias has um uh, gotten himself wrapped up with people on both shows like Baron Corbin and and Shane McMahon, but he's not getting introduced in the dark playing the guitar, giving his you know uh, I'm singing this and this is the town that I hate and whatever. No, he's just been coming out uh, attacking 
physically with a guitar, but he hasn't played or sang in a while. So that's the only thing that was really getting him over. Yeah, and I feel like the WWE needs that more than ever right now. <laughs> they do. And Roman Reigns versus Elias, I'll tell you what, I love Drew McIntyre. And I was really excited about the possibility of that match, but when it became 11.30 and that match hadn't happened yet at WrestleMania, I'll tell you what, I went to the bathroom during the match. And when I came back and watched it on the WWE Network, yeah. I, we I didn't make, you realize you didn't really miss anything. Didn't really miss anything. And I think that, and I think that the problem with that match also was that I think that I think that they needed to put Reigns in another type of feud that made Drew look like more of a threat. Because I think that everybody just assumed Reigns comes back from beating cancer. This he, is his first match. He's gonna win. He's gonna win. You can't. It was a no-brainer. Right. And I feel like it was a wasted potential of like two, you know, big, big guys coming together that we could have. On a, on another in, in another circumstance, like later on this year, if this had to happen for the first time, we might have been looking forward to maybe Drew getting over on Reigns. But yeah, I just not it, to me, it just wasn't a good time. They should put Reigns against somebody else. Yeah, just welcome him back. It would have been nice. <clears throat> uh, yeah, maybe even give uh, Dean Ambrose one more match and have him fight uh, Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. Keep going. Do not let me forget Ambrose. Yeah, Keep let, going. We're going to talk about John Moxley. Yeah, yeah. We're going to talk about John Moxley. Yeah, you know where I'm going. Okay. Yep. All we're right, going to talk about that. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, they have a Money in the Bank ladder match for the Women's Championship match contract. This is a, um interesting bunch of people, actually. Uh, something different, but something the same. Natty. Dana Brooke, Naomi, Alexa Bliss, Bailey, Mandy Rose, because uh, we got to talk about Sasha too, because she's on the outs. Um, Mandy Rose, Ember Moon, and Carmella. That's actually not a bad mix of women. Got some some people that have been there before. You got some people that have come up uh, and trying to make a mark that haven't ever been in the Money in the Bank ladder match or a main event storyline before. So I'm actually pretty interested with that one. We'll get back to that. And John Moxley's on my notes too. The men's Money in the Bank ladder match. Braun Strowman, Ricochet, that's interesting. Drew McIntyre, okay, time to push him right. Baron Corbin, all right, I'm going to make CM Funk and everybody very happy with this. I'm going to come back to Baron Corbin. Um, Ali, Mustafa Ali, Ali, whatever. Finn Balor, Demon, maybe, maybe not. Andrade, fantastic. And Randy Orton, who's been there before. Um, Okay, Baron Corbin, I hate... I hate Baron Corbin wrestling in the attire that he wrestles in. I hate it. I'm going to say it for every episode. I can't stand the business shirt, the business slacks, the business shoes. What I can tell you is CM Funk is absolutely right when he is the biggest heel in the company because he gets the most heat. Um, Baron Corbin can just, you know, when the announcer starts talking about his accolades or when he comes out or whatever he does, he gets so much heat. I love it, and I want him to win the Money in the Bank ladder match. I'm saying this right now I, because him Which coming he's out done before, yeah, he, and they they screwed him up, you know, before because they kind of just made him lose it. I, I would like him to win, and I would like them to push him uh, because he is gets under so many people's skin for so many reasons, and he's so good at what he does. And he and if you go back and actually watch his matches, he has the best matches on Raw and SmackDown, and. You know, he, he wrestled at WrestleMania. He beat Kurt Angle, and that's great. And Kurt Angle had his little farewell moment, but he beat Kurt Angle at WrestleMania. I mean, come on. This guy's got resume. So we're going to go back and talk about all that. <clears throat> Seth Rollins defending the Universal Championship against AJ Styles. That's a, that is the match of the night, which it should be. Um, it could be. But since yeah, it could be. AJ has 
fought for the WWE Championship uh, in the past week or two. It's like, wh why now is he fighting for the Universal Championship? I don't know. It just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. It doesn't have a lot. It's of, all very convoluted right now. It's very convoluted. Yeah. And then the main event, which is what this is showing to be, is Becky Lynch defending the Raw Women's Championship against Lacey Evans. So, um, and I like Lacey. I think that's good. Uh, you know, they brought her out very, very slowly. It was a very slow burn. And now she's got the women's right. She can just punch people in the face and knock them out. Um, I like Lacey Evans. I think she's very good at what she does. I have a feeling that she, not Charlotte, because we've seen that before. Lacey Evans needs to take the Raw Women's Belt off of Becky Lynch, and then you don't think it's too soon? Oh no, I think that's something to shake it up and let Lacey run it as a heel. I think Becky can keep the SmackDown Women's Championship, uh -huh. um, but let Lacey let Lacey win the Raw Women's Championship and run with it because that nobody's going to be expecting. She, it. She's got to lose one of them, right? Because yeah, there's no way there's no way that she has two matches in one night and. Keeps both of her belts. Right. Becky two belts is, is, is a great gimmick, but um, no, she's got to lose one of them. And <coughs> that's the one I think she should lose. I mean, there's no problem losing the SmackDown Women's uh, Championship to Charlotte because Charlotte, of course, can, can run with it. No problem whatsoever, but do something different. All right. I've gone over the whole card. We kind of went off on a tangent. Tell me your thoughts of things leading into that card, parts of that card, women's money in the bank, men's money in the bank. What do you got? What's on top of your head? So, <clears throat> I definitely agree with you about the Baron thing. Top top heel yes. in business, and they should they should work it, man. And I mean, you know, what's he on Raw officially, or is he SmackDown? I'm so lost with this whole shakeup. I am I, too. I, really am. I don't know who's where. Yeah, and then they put this wild card thing in. It's really just confusing me. So um, let's see. It looks but, like he is still on Monday Night Raw. Yeah, they should be running him as heel against Rollins if he wins Monday in the Bank. Absolutely, without a doubt. Um, I think, man, there was some. There was one of the matches that you commented on yeah. that I, I forgot what it was that I was going to say. U.S. title, uh, Money in the Bank men, Money in the Bank women. Might have been. Uh, you know what it was? I think it was about the uh, the women. Okay. And you talked about Sasha Banks. I did. So she's let's not talk, in the match, but she's got heat. Yeah, so let's talk about some of the drama with Sasha Banks. Yeah. And, and, and I feel like the drama is... It's starting to pick up with a lot of different wrestlers, right? So you got Sasha, who apparently, allegedly, mm -hmm. I don't know for sure, allegedly threw a fit about having to drop the titles to the Iconics at WrestleMania. Which I loved, by the way. And I, the Iconics are huge still... Huge fans of the Iconics. Huge like, fans. Yeah. They're not getting as much heat as they could be getting right now, but they're so entertaining and so funny because they're so bad at it. Yeah. Uh, but they're meant to be bad it. at it. Right. I love it. Go I ahead. It. So... I, I, I'm I was just personally confused by Sasha Banks. I'm like, this is this is wrestling. Like, I don't understand how long you expected to keep the the titles. Like, you guys won. The, you're the first ever women's tag team to win the titles. Yeah. You had it for like a while, and I mean, it's WrestleMania. A lot of titles change hands at WrestleMania. A so lot of them happens. did. Right. Right. So you know, she's unhappy. Okay. Then I, I heard about Leo Rush. He also has a lot of heat. He's not even on his European tour mm -hmm. right now because. Right. They're thinking about sending him back to NXT, allegedly, because of all of the heat he has. And apparently, he turned down a huge contract for, like, 300 k a year because he wanted to double it. Mm -hmm. Bro, listen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not in the business, okay? But I'm like, my man, you've just been a manager. And they offer you 300 a year? I know we talk at money. And, like, of course, I can't verify all this. I'm just going off of what I read. Mm -hmm. But if this stuff is true... Bro, you trying to get six hundred k, and you just managing 
Bobby Lashley? Like, come on, bro. You on the main like, roster, right? but you on the third hour as a manager. As a manager, bro. Like, come on. You, like, you are two segments away from 205 Live. <laughs> like, that's all you are. Like, like, I'm confused. It's like, it's funny because it's like, I feel like I'm contradicting myself because earlier I was just talking about how, like, you can look at yourself and, and think bigger and, and go here. And it's like, I get that he probably looks at himself and he, he said that he believes he can be a big superstar baby face, which is true. <laughs> it's potentially, right? But it's just like, bro, where you are now, it's like, come on, dog. Like, you got to play your role, bro. Mm-hmm. So, drama going on with Leo, he, he, it's like, and he already been walking on thin ice since that time he, like, made fun of Emma after she got let go. Right. And, you know, he almost got fired then. You know what I'm saying? And now it's like, you, you're screwing yourself up, bro. I'm only going hard on him because I think he's he a Maryland guy, ain't he? Yes, he is. Exactly. So, I'm like, bro, you, you're representing for Maryland, bro. Come on, <laughs> man. Baltimore. So, all right. <clears throat> Next, the revival. We talked about the revival, right? Again. Yo, it's just so much drama. It's like, all right. So, then the revival also turned down huge contracts. Mm-hmm. These guys is getting offered, like, I think they was trying to offer them, like, five-something a year? 500K a year? Bro, I am confused, man. <laughs> I don't know if it's about the money with these guys because what they're offering them to do is they're offering them to be placeholders. They're trying to keep them here so they don't go to AEW or go back to Independence or go anywhere else. But what they want them to do is they want them to they want them to show up, you know, on the shows. They work the house show loops, work the work the overseas tours. But when they show up on Raw and SmackDown and, and try to get pushes of pay per views, there's no guarantees of anything. It's not like we got this for you and we gonna push you. You know, they just want you. They want you to sign on. They want you to stay here for sure, for real. That's what this is. But there, uh, maybe it's the creative part of them that's saying, we know we can do more, so why do we want to be placeholders when we can be doing a lot more, you know, either somewhere else or somehow else? So maybe that's why they turn down the contract. I don't know. I'm not them. But maybe it's not about the money for them. For me, I, I'll be like, all right, I, I get to be at the, show, at the show on the rosters. I get to be working. I get to be traveling. I get to be paid a lot of money for doing exactly what I love to be doing. Um, whether it's, you know, eventually the work and the content, that's all going to come. That happens in waves. You know, it doesn't happen all the time. doesn't happen every time. But give me the money. Uh, you know, give me the, give me the insurance. Not, no insurance. Let me pay for my own insurance, but give me the money. Uh, but that, maybe that's what it is. I don't know. Maybe it's creative differences. Maybe it's the creative saying we got nothing for you. But, yeah, they have turned down big money. Um, so... What what do we see? Do we see this becoming a trend? Do we see more mid-carders turning down big money to not stay? Do we see them show up in AEW? Do we have them go back down to NXT? What do we see? I think so. I think that we're seeing a lot of this drama playing out because people aren't scared anymore. Right. Know, I think that there was a time in wrestling where people were fearful, like, if I don't stay with WWE, I can't go make money. Right. But I think that what you've had is you've had all of these guys. I'm, I'm talking before AEW, but you've had the Rybacks. You've had the Cody Rhodes. You've had these guys that have just been like, screw this. I'm going to do my own thing. And they're still making great living. Mm-hmm. And so now guys are seeing that like, oh, shoot. Like, I can still go. I got a name. I can still go on the indies and make money and be happy. Yeah. And now you've got a place like AEW where it's almost trying to set itself up to be the big competitor of WWE. Mm-hmm. So it's like, hey, these these guys are taking notice. You know what I'm saying? They're not stupid. So they, they plan their hand to see, all right, well, how valuable am I to you? You know what I'm right. saying? And they try to see what they can get away with because they know they can go over to AEW and be a big star. You know, pretty much like the 
It's like the old guard treated WCW when WCW first came around. Your mm-hmm. Flairs, your Hogan's, all of them left, you know, and it's like that's 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 what it is now. So I'm I'm just crazy. I just I just feel like, I'm just like man, yo, these these guys. It's a lot of drama going on um, <clears throat> in WWE. It is. Um, but at the same time, I just will say this though: is that I, I do feel like some of it's like at some point you do just got to play your role for a bit. Mm-hmm. I don't care where you are. Like sometimes you you do have to play your role for a bit. So I mean, you got you gotta you gotta earn your stripes. Some right. people are just handed the keys to the kingdom. Not many anymore, but it, it happens. But play your role. Earn your earn your stripes. Eventually, it's gonna work out. You know, it sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it does. But you gotta you gotta know your place. Right. The revival, Leo Rush. These are not people that are going to be main event in WrestleMania. These are not people that are going to be selling more merchandise and T-shirts than anybody else. Right. Um, but give it a chance. You know, see what happens. Uh, one thing I will tell you. I'll tell you what spikes WWE ratings. Go ahead. Bring Enzo and Cass back. Oh, well. <laughs> you know, I think they with, um, what are they, with Ring of Honor now, I believe it is. Are they or are they not? Because I'm confused. I, I don't know. During that WrestleMania weekend. They came out. Right and did that whole tech and Dude, I that thought whole it, shoot thing yeah yeah I thought it was like a work you know but they played it almost like a shoot like mm-hmm. like the old uh, outsiders gig but I don't think they've done anything since haven't seen or heard from them since right yeah. WWE if they were smart they would not you know not burn that bridge and then use because that's what they need they need controversy controversy creates cash you know uh, behind the scenes you know you can have all of your conversations and legal dealings but in front of the camera if you put somebody on that camera controversial or something saying some saying something controversial doing something controversial it's going to make money which brings me to my next point here's the next thing that's the the most fun thing and i use that word very uh directly fun the firefly funhouse with bray wyatt have you seen any of these i've, I've seen them all okay yeah. You, you and I, well, from that reaction, you and I might have very different feelings of this. I think it's fantastic. I love it. Um, because he's trying to be a, a preschool teacher, whatever, but then he's got all these evil like a Mr. demons. Rogers with a, yeah. Mr. Rogers with an evil twist. Um, I think that's, it's creative, it's fun. I don't know how it's going to play out when he actually tries to get in the ring, if that's what he's going to be trying to do. Um, but, my God, those are entertaining. I think the story of it is great. I think that from what I've seen, and they try and put these little nuances, it's like you've got this new Bray Wyatt that's trying to let go of his past self. But as you said, there's a lot of demons that, you know, in his past or whatever. And he's trying to put on this persona of, you know, trying to do good and be this friendly guy. Mm -hmm. So I think it's setting up for a good story I just don't know where it's going (laughs) and I'm concerned it's not that I don't like it I like it I just don't really know it looks great when it's being presented on a vignette it looks great you know for that for that piece but how does it work in a ring Mm -hmm. what what I don't feel like they've really explained just yet where he's trying to go with it like is he struggling with trying to be this new person or 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 what and the, the truth of the matter, can Bray Wyatt actually make a comeback? I hope so. I mean, We've they always... ran his character into the dirt before his big hiatus. Literally. And 
Well, we've always said that uh, even in the past three three plus years, he, there's potential there. You yeah. know, Speaking Bray of, Wyatt. Luke Harper also wanted his release. We're talking about all the drama. Jeez. But yeah, go ahead with Bray. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, let's just add that to the list. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of potential there, but I'm having more fun watching these vignettes than I ever did watching Bray Wyatt kind of doing the, the dark side. This is, this is more fun. Um, I got the Firefly Funhouse song in my head. I can't ever get... This is a friendship that will never, ever end. It's kind of like the Mike Kanellis theme song. Um, that I can use to the grade. I got these songs stuck in my head because there's reasons for it. Um, so, I think there's potential for the WWE. I think it's just coming in spurts. There's no big main draw. And that's where we're coming, uh, kind of coming full around here. Hopefully with Money in the Bank, there's something that's big, shocking, main draw that makes me want to watch Raw and SmackDown. You say they're missing Ronda Rousey. I say they're missing Brock Lesnar or something like Brock Lesnar. I actually forgot to say that too. You know, because you mentioned is on my list because yes. you know what? He, he's not the great, he's not as good in the ring as he was 15 years ago. But you know what? When he comes on and Paul Heyman comes on and talks for him, that makes an impact. That makes me want to watch and pay attention. It makes me want to see whether he's going to beat the shit out of somebody, pardon my language, or if somebody's actually going to step up and do what Rollins did in the first match of WrestleMania, which I thought that was booked so perfectly. Uh, you know, great way to start off the show, um, you know, and have Rollins beat Lesnar, which is great, with not convincingly because Rollins got the crap beat out of him first, and it took three curb stomps to do it. But I love stuff like that. Yeah. That's what they need to do. They need to get back to doing <clears throat> stuff like that. Well, we know Lesnar's coming back. Here's the funny thing, right? Here's the funny thing. We, got, we talked about that fan service earlier, right? Yep. So, they gave us more fan service because everybody kept saying, I'm tired of Brock Lesnar. I don't want to see Brock Lesnar. So, Brock Lesnar has been gone. <laughs> like, but now... And now it's but like, now we're sitting here we're saying, missing something. Oh, I wonder when Lesnar's coming back. You know, it's like that... Wrestle, like, you know, WWE gave us too much fan service. But, point being is that, yes, Lesnar, I do think... His stick had gotten a little stale. Yeah. But, you don't realize how valuable something is until so you cool. realize... You don't have anything. You right. know what I'm saying? And that's kind of what's happening now. It's like, now the whole WWE is stale. And now you're looking for somebody like a Brock Lesnar to come back and to bring some excitement back into this. So Yeah. And, and he, he did sign a, a new multi-year contract. So he's going to get his part-time deal. He's going to get his, he's going to get all of his money. Yeah. He's officially retired from uh, UFC. MMA, yep. So. How, UFC, MMA. Yeah. How about that, huh? Yeah. And uh, he, he can... He can make an impact, you know. There, there's he has marketed himself into um, a character and a personality that you know is only needed for part time. We only, but he needs to come in and he needs to make an impact, uh, and he will. Yes, I think he will. Um, so we've been going for a while here. Uh, I say we take a break. Um, I say we throw on Mike Melillo. For a few minutes, let's listen. Uh, let's have some, uh, you know, some lighthearted conversation with me and Mike, and then, uh, you know, with them we'll come back, and then we'll have some conversation. We'll go into the other wrestling stuff. We'll talk about AEW, Ring of Honor, New Japan. Shout out to CM Funk on that one. Uh, Two hundred five Live, SmackDown, Raw, UK. Uh, we'll talk about uh, TNA Impact. We'll talk about the Indies, and we'll talk about. Um, uh, we'll talk about another name that Frock Lesnar and Mikey Mike is going to be very happy to hear who's coming back on a big overseas show, and that is Goldberg. Goldberg. Uh, how about that? So why don't we take a break, uh, enjoy Mike Melillo, and we'll come back and we'll talk more. How about that? Let's do it. Man. Let's do it. 
right. Hello, podcast listeners. My name is Mike Melillo. Originally from New Jersey, moved down to Maryland a few years ago. Uh, sing a barbershop the whole way and uh, met up with Mikey Gels over here. He's a good buddy, good singer. And uh, yeah, man, we have a lot of fun. We have a lot of fun together. And I'm uh, very happy and, and honored to be, uh, to be asked to be on this podcast, man. It's so cool. It's my first one. So you guys have popped my podcast, Cherry. I hope you're happy with yourself. <laughs> now that's an introduction. Usually, I'm the one that says, welcome back to the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. My name is Mikey D, blah, blah, blah. But you, uh, Mr. Mike Melillo, as we'll call you, because that is your name, um, y- you just took the reins and just jumped right in there. So kudos to you, my friend. I am so sorry. <laughs> no, no, I I appreciate that because that's what this. We're not right. We're not wrong. We're just fans. That's our podcast, the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. Uh, how do you like that tagline? Pretty good. Yeah, man, it's pretty good. How long you guys uh, work to figure that one out? Well, it's an interesting story. Um, if you go back and listen to the archived episodes on uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio of the Dirty Ugly. Re- See that sh- shameless plug? Look at that. Um, so. <laughs> You'll, you'll notice that Eric and I, uh, the Big Ugly, as it were, um, that's his name, we have been colleagues in the workplace and friends outside of work, and uh, we just kind of started talking wrestling for years and years, and eventually we were like, you know what, other people might want to listen to this, this is a pretty good conversation. Um, and, uh, you know, I... Um, uh, I and he had different nicknames. He uh, has been in doing video and audio work, and he had a nickname called the Big Ugly. Now, I, I I don't see males as attractive or not attractive, so I don't know where he got that from. But hey, it works. Um, and, and myself, I've had so many aliases that I don't even know who I am anymore. So uh, one of them was Dirty Mike, and that that shows nothing about my cleanliness uh, at all. I'm a very uh, I'm a very clean so, individual. Hold on, so hold on. So of all the nicknames you've had in your life, yes, the best one is Dirty Mike. It's not the best one. It's the one that had the most zing with the word ugly. So you know, thinking dirty, ugly, it's got a negative connotation to it. But when you get down to it, you know, you get down to the dirty, dirty. You get down to the ugly, you know, the ugly truth. I'm thinking this might actually attract. And over the last three years, it's actually worked. But good point. Uh, I've been um, known as as Mikey D. You know, um, you know, yeah. uh, Michael Dell. You know, that that's my name. I don't even know who that is anymore. But Mikey D. Uh, I've been. Um, you know, the the Thunderbolt, you know, Mike Stryker, I've had, uh, you know, I've been Vanilla Mike, I've been, you know, it's a, a lot. That's Vanilla Mike, that's awesome. Vanilla Mike, yeah, I got that one uh, as a karaoke singer, um, singing, you know, Vanilla Ice and other tunes like that in urban yeah. areas, uh, <laughs> and coming now, out. Now, okay, so going back, I'm sorry. No, I, go ahead. Mikey D. Yeah, yeah. I kind of like that one because if you were um, a pro wrestler and that could, that's your name, you could come out in, with like like a Big Mac outfit. 
It's I, I could, I, and that would be um, that would be interesting. Actually, uh, Mikey D is one of my aliases as far as you know doing podcasting for pro wrestling and ring announcing and refereeing for pro wrestling. Interestingly enough, in one of the only professional matches that I had, wrestling matches where I went up against uh, Dominic Monroe uh, out in Pennsylvania, uh, Mikey D. That was my name, and and somebody actually made a sign for me. Like I I was feeling like I was part of the crew and, and it was a McDonald's arch but it didn't say McDonald's on it it said Mikey D and I was like man somebody made a sign for me they're chanting my name I got my head super kicked off my body and I, I ended up winning so I am undefeated when it comes to professional wow. wrestling matches it might only be one but I'm I am the one in one and oh you retired at the top of your game, yeah. undefeated, you rode out in the blaze of glory, and now here you are uh, doing a wrestling podcast and having your friends on. That's so awesome. That that is so cool. I'm I'm very. Uh, we're learning more about each other on this uh, on this conversation that is to wet the whistle, as it were. Because uh, what we'd like to do, Mikey, was that we'd like to have you back as an as a full guest on our show. You know, uh, come over to the mansion, sit down with us, and, and we'll we'll talk everything from beginning to end. But this is just an appetizer. I love it. So, you know, uh, and uh, as, as we're an appetizer, uh, tell us a little bit. We talked about, you know, knowing each other through barber shopping because we both singing. Uh, it's not about going and getting haircuts. It's, it's about singing uh, and fellowship and harmony. And it's about all kinds of different things. So tell us a little bit, just a little bit. Don't give it all away about who, right. who you are and how you got to be who you are today, and what we can expect when we talk to you on the full. All right, so it all started when my mom and dad were horny. Whoa! Me. That's dirty and that's ugly. That is fine for this podcast. Yeah, there is. Continue. Very bumping ugly. That, that's our next podcast. It's going to be bumping ugly. Bumpin' Uglies. That's going to be the name of it. We name all of our podcasts. That's it. Called Bumpin' Uglies. Now, we're not actually going to do that uh, because I like you, but not like that. But go on. Right, right. right well, so, uh, so I grew up, born and raised in New Jersey, and uh, I started working there at Fort Monmouth in Eatontown for the Army. And when that Army base closed, they bracked everybody, uh, relocated the Army base down to Aberdeen Proving Grounds in Maryland. And by virtue of there, uh, I got another job down in Washington, D.C., which is where I work now. And that that's what I do. Right now, I'm an international arms dealer by trade. <laughs> and... <laughs> Anybody who's listening to this, he, this, this man is an entertainer. So, uh, you know, entertaining. Continue, please. That's awesome. I You're gonna. It. I love laughing. I love to laugh and have a good time. 
being appropriate and as often as possible. <laughs> Well, that's what we are. I mean, you go back and listen to some of those archived episodes. A lot of it is very inappropriate. Um, but we we like to uh, enjoy ourselves and have a good time, and that's why we're here. Um, and uh, and where we are here, again, this is just a little appetizer, um, but uh, we do the barber shopping. We, uh, we we meet in the chorus of the Chesapeake. That's where we are. It's a lot of a lot of great gentlemen. Um, I would use that term a little bit loosely. Um, but... Uh, you know, they say, please feel free to drop in at any time, visit us anytime, come on in, sing a song, join us at www.dundalk.org, or you can call 443-98-SONG-1. That's, that's interesting phone number, 443-987-6641, 443-98-SONG-1. I don't know if that's just a coincidence. Wow. Or if they, they, they created that like that, I'm not sure. Um, I'm, I'm going to hope that was on purpose. Yeah, I would hope so, or, you know, if it is a coincidence, it is the biggest coincidence in the world. Um, right. <laughs> you know, but it, it works, and that's, you know, in Dundalk, Maryland, uh, you know, that's where we uh, kind of, yeah, and, and there's a lot, you can go anywhere to basically sing, there's chapters everywhere, um, but that, that one's, you know, we've been to the International Championship before, we've uh, done competitions where we placed very high, but, you know, we just go out and sing out sometimes, and we go out to the ball game. We sing, uh, you know, at the uh, the Oriole Park at Camden Yards. We we sing all yeah. over the place, and we have a good time, don't we, Mikey? We definitely do. And we sang the national anthem crap uh, every year since I've been here. So since 2011, we sang the national anthem every year about August or September time down at uh, Camden Yards, and that that's a that's a cool rush, man. I love doing it every year. Me too. I, I was been uh, you know watching my dad uh, do this and listening to my dad do this for quite a long time, uh, Larry, because uh, yeah. he's in there. He's doing. He's bringing up the bass, you know, just like I am too. But uh, that's how he finally convinced me. He was like, "Yeah, we just come come to the rehearsals during the summer, and we'll be able to sing at the baseball game." And, and I was like, "Okay, well, I'm looking forward to singing the baseball game. Give me a couple of months to get my get my stuff together." And then you know what? Five days later, I was on the stage singing with you guys at the Heritage Fair. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, was that the year that uh, uh, Vince Neil was there from Motley Crue? If, if, if that was 2017, then yes. That very well could have been, because that was my first year with you guys, uh, with us, and that was that was a lot of fun. I mean, I, we, again, we'll get into more of that when we have you on as the, yeah. uh, the full guest, but yeah, the chorus of the Chesapeake. Now, this is the... Um, I'm going to say one more thing because probably when this podcast comes out, you and I will just have gone through our most recent uh, spring show called Here's to the Champions, um, you know, and that is a, uh, we're, we're going to feature, you know, uh, groups, uh, uh, quartets like After Hours and the 2018 uh, quarterfinalist forecast, and uh, After Hours, they're the champs. I mean, I think they were the uh, international yep. champions of 2018. Yep, uh, international champs of 2018, the highest scoring quartet ever. That's incredible. Ever. And if anybody, yeah, and if we're, we're, and we might get into this scoring for barbershop singing, it, you might think it's not just getting your hair cut and you getting a shave and a haircut two bits. Uh, no way, it's it's a it's hardcore. That's the best way I can put it. Um, yeah, it's definitely difficult, and it's kind of an enigma too. When you go through the scoring and you go to the 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 uh, AR, I guess that stands for acts after review sessions. Yeah. Where they kind of the coaches come, they visit the chorus or the and they critique you, and they they say, "Well, this is what you did, and this is what you could do." 
and maybe don't suck so much next year and have fun. That, right. It's all about having fun. And I know there's, you know, there, there's people that are perfectionists. And, and yeah, we do have a great musical director, Kevin King, and we definitely want to do it right. But yeah. ultimately, um, in this brochure that um, Chorus of the Chesapeake recently put out, I think it's a really good brochure. A lot of different things, you know, what is barbershopping, um, talking about the Chorus of the Chesapeake, the vision and the mission. But it also says, we are not professionals. Um, I like that because we are not. We all come from different walks of life, but we all come together and we create harmony. Uh, and, you know, sometimes we're flat, sometimes we're sharp, sometimes we're off. That's okay. We're <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, I agree. We are the best, but we do always stay in key. We are always, we always maintain that pitch. This is true. That's hard too. I think it'd be really cool. I think it'd be really cool if one year we got back to a hundred plus guys on stage and just blew everybody's ass out of the water international. You know, that's a good that's a good way to do it. And you know what? We're on our way, and we're going to take our first steps. You know, we'll have just performed uh, Here's to the Champions on Saturday, May 11th at the Crosshire Auditorium at Goucher College, and then on June the 1st, we're going to be uh, we're going to be doing um, we're going to be doing the first leg of our competition so that we can qualify to get to the next leg of the competition. And then you and I, uh, you know, have uh, come up with some moves for some people. Um, you know, we're going to get get some of these uh, guys get some of these guys moving and shaking. These guys are arthritis is going to be yelling at them <laughs> after we're done. That's right. Or, or they could be like, holy shit, this is better than yoga. Why haven't we been doing this for years? Right, exactly. Now, um, we're going to bring it home here, as it were. We're going to take it home. That's a wrestling term. But uh, a couple of quick fire questions. Um, just start with yes or no. Did you see the Avengers Endgame movie? Yes. Okay. Holy shit. Oh, oh, okay. Holy shit. Is that is that a holy shit into the positive right there? You enjoyed it? Yes. Yes. Okay. We are we're going to be talking about that on this podcast. Um, you know, this particular right. podcast that we're going to put this in. So, no spoilers necessarily because I mean, if you haven't seen this movie yet, um, I, I think it's already you know blown out box office records. If you and haven't seen it yet, what's wrong with you? You could download it illegally by now <laughs> and just watch this, that is not a public service, service announcement we're not going to tell you where or how to do that but hey um, no of course not you know but if you do want to know just you know shoot, shoot this place an email I'll, I'll let you know yeah I, and I, you know dirtyuglywrestling at gmail.com by the way that's where you can email and also find us on please find us on Facebook and you can also find us on Instagram and Twitter we're all over the place but I'm going to say that this is a conversation I've had in the past couple of days um, it seems like I'd say 99% of the world that I'm you know uh, aware of on social media and everywhere else we're very good about keeping the spoilers hidden um, to make sure because there was a lot of ways that this movie was sold out for days and weeks and you couldn't get to see it uh, but I I didn't actually find out what happened to the movie until I actually saw the movie and it was a week late so I didn't see it right when it came out but did you find that the spoilers were very well protected Mikey? Oh, 100%. Uh, it respects my fancy humanity just a little bit that we care more about spoilers than maybe some other things that are growing up. So, good job, everybody. Yeah. We're not ruining it. That's very good. And since this is the Dirty Ugly Wrestling 
uh, podcast. Let's see. Uh, um, as far as professional wrestling, when I say professional wrestling to you, just think of the first things that come to your mind, Mikey. Tights. Okay, tights. Elbow pads. Elbow pads. Okay, I got gotcha. you. There are there are some out there that don't wear tights. Actually. Hmm. Oh, there's an old the South Park episode where the kids wanted to join the wrestling team, thinking it was professional wrestling, and it was like Greco Roman. And the guy's like, the coach is like, that's not wrestling. That's the thing that pops in my head. That's great. And I love that South Park episode. Find it if you have ComedyCentral.com or uh, Comedy Central, wherever. Find that South Park episode because it is fun. Um, yeah. And, you know, and professional wrestling is such a sports entertainment, uh, you know, piece of the culture that yeah. you can kind of find it, you know, anywhere that you go, um, you know, involved in anything, which is great. And, uh, you know, I, you know, I think of Hulk Hogan, you know, way back in the day. That's where I started. Sure. And the Ultimate Warrior. Right? What's that? He's quintessential in, in, oh, God. in the wrestling world, right? Yeah, uh, absolutely. He is, uh, you know, when you think about, you know, Hulk Hogan, you know, Hulk Hogan is, uh, he's a wrestler, you know. You don't really uh, associate him with, you know, you can associate him with reality television, you know, in the later years, and you can associate him with, you know, some very classic movies like Suburban Commando, Mr. Nanny, and No Holds Barred. Um, but, uh, yeah. And, and we're gonna... I don't know how he didn't get an Emmy for Mr. Nanny. Uh, you know, he should have. He, he should have gotten awards. Oscar, well, yeah. I mean, they probably did play it on television in segments to try to get it out there. But, um, yeah, No Holds Barred, that's a movie that you should see. WWF Studios produced that way back in 1988-89. Uh, that was one of the first. So that that's a fantastic movie, uh, in, in my opinion. It's a cult classic. Um, Wait, didn't, didn't, the Hulk, sorry, didn't the Hulk Hogan fight Lou Ferrigno as the Hulk in that, a movie? That sounds... Really cool. That's something I should have known about or watched already. Um, I could be making this up one hundred percent. You could be for whatever reason. Like I think either Hulk Hogan and Hulk fought, or Hulk Hogan lifted a car like the Hulk and kind of spun it around upside down. <laughs> I don't know. Well, uh, I, 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 it sounds like something that we need to get in the works. I mean, Hulk Hogan is only in his in his sixties. Lou Ferrigno, I think, is in his seventies. They're still out there. They're still making appearances. You know, why not? Yeah. You know, get them in front of the screen. They got one hundred and thirty years of experience between them. Um, you know, <laughs> I'd buy it. I'd go out and see it. So I'm ready. Uh, no but, spoilers. Right? No spoilers because it's not real. It maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Um, but hey. It's, uh, we, we could do this all day, all night, but I tell you what, when we have uh, one of our next podcasts and we have it live here in the mansion or, uh, at the, um, at the mansion 2.0 or at the estates or wherever we're going to be, um, we are going to ask you to come out and hopefully, uh, in your, uh, busy life, uh, we understand, we appreciate you taking some time out. You'll come out and sit down with us and actually go through the whole podcasting deal with us. What do you say? Nah, man, I'm super stoked. I'm really, really looking forward to it. That's cool, and uh, I will let you know when this podcast comes out. I will tag you on the Facebook, and you can certainly listen to it. And we're going to talk about, you know, in this particular podcast, we're going to be talking about, you know, the 
aftermath of WrestleMania. We're going to lead up to Money in the Bank. We're going to talk about AEW Double or Nothing and throw in a whole bunch of other things since WrestleMania, including, um, you know, the Avengers Endgame, which kind of just happened too. So, Mikey, uh, we are going to... I said we're going to take it home. We went off on a tangent. That's what we do here on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. What final words do you have for now for the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast listeners? Uh, look, if if you want if you want to sow a field of corn, first you need a tomato. Uh, it's very important <laughs> to stay hydrated. Uh, don't go outside without sunscreen. It's very important, um, especially in tights. You want to get you know all your thighs, all your abdominals, your, your, you know, your boobs and whatever you need. And, um, you know, have fun, live life, laugh a lot. That's great. Great advice. And uh, don't hang up the phone, Mikey. I'm going to uh, uh, touch base with you after I hit the uh, pause button here. But, hey, we are going to be right back with more of the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast right after this. And what I mean by this is a musical interlude. Thank you. Welcome back to the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I knew it's coming in the beginning. That's why I didn't react to it the first time. But it's going to come every segment now. Uh, once again, my name is Dirty Mike. No, I'm the Big Ugly. And you were just listening to me speaking with Mike Melillo. Um, M-I-L-L-I-L-O. And uh, he is going to join us uh, live for some more future podcasts. So, uh, Big Ugly, this is a good guy. This is a fun guy. And he's a fun conversationalist. So, uh, much more coming from him. And, and I know we're going to get Matt Temby back on the air. I know he's a busy, busy man. But I know we're going to get back him. Yeah, man. Matt's going to come back. And uh, we're finally going to get a segment with him talking about... Because um, we talked about a lot as far as fitness goes with Matt. Yeah. But we're going to get him back on the show. He's going to talk about something that um, that he actually brought up, which I found has been personally true, which is how hard it becomes to actually stay fit and to keep consistent workouts during the summertime. Mm. Because the funny thing is, everybody talks about going and getting the summer body, right? right? So we work out all fall, through the spring, and then when the summer hits, suddenly it's like you lose the motivation to actually continue working out, and people just... They want to do other stuff instead right. of like working out. So we're going to get the him cheat about season that. in there, which is we talked about before, like <clears throat> December to holidays, Thanksgiving, Christmas. But yeah, everybody trying to get this 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 summer body. But yeah, trying to keep it. I'm excited to talk about Matt. So uh, you know, keep keep in touch with him. Hook him up because we're going to talk to him. Um, and we're also going to be. Uh, I've heard from a couple of other people. Some of our p- past guests, uh, uh, the one who puts the Z. And Cruz, uh, the Maryland Dream, the one and only Apollo Cruz, uh, sends his uh, sends his love. Actually, turned heel very recently in uh, EWA Pro Wrestling, uh, and they're going to be doing um, some kind of a spinoff called uh, uh, called Endgame. Uh, they're they're going to be having a show uh, pretty soon where Apollo Cruz is actually going to fight one of our other guests uh, for the EWA Heavyweight Championship, Jesse O'Ryan. Um, and there's a lot of guys uh, on that show that are doing good things. So shout out to uh, EWA is part of our first 63 podcast. You know, we had a lot, yeah. of, <laughs> lot of stuff going on with EWA. Plus a shout out to MCW Pro Wrestling. Uh, you know, MCW uh, is, is where I'm at now doing a podcast with the Deacon Storm and with Tara. Uh, MCW Pro Wrestling Podcast. We got seven, eight, nine episodes going now, so that's pretty cool. Uh, most of them you can find on the Facebook page and, and on uh, MCW Rage TV, uh, where you can find a lot of old 
And on YouTube, and right? Current, yeah, there's some on YouTube as well. You know, some old wrestling matches, some current wrestling stuff. And, and the great so, thing about your podcast on yes. SCW is that you guys also do a video podcast. We do. So you can actually watch as you can you guys go through can watch and uh, most recently actually we we had a video podcast sit down interview with the bruiser first time the bruiser has come out uh and done a full length sit down interview since he has been diagnosed with leukemia uh yeah that's that's it's pretty interesting uh you know that that happened it's interesting as far as timing goes with the roman reigns thing just happened and reigns gave him a shout out oh that's so cool reigns gave him a video shout out which was announced uh, the night of Jimmy's famous seafood uh, benefit for the Bruiser, and uh, that's gotten over ten thousand views. And it's all—it was he put it on his personal Roman Reigns page, and it was shared on MCW's page. That was so cool. Uh, shout out to RJ from the Big Dog himself, Roman Reigns, who has partied at Jimmy's Famous Seafood in Dundalk before with MCW Pro Wrestling. Um, so that's been really cool. And a shout out to the Bruiser. Um, He—he's a great guy. RJ is a fantastic guy. He's gonna get well. The Bruiser Strong, hashtag Bruiser Strong. He's fighting and he's fighting with everybody uh, as far as everybody fighting with him to get this beat. So shout out to him. So, and shout out to all the indies out there. SWO is doing some great things in Pennsylvania. Uh, don't ever forget about independent pro wrestling because you got to start and end somewhere. So that's where you're going to go. Um, so... Uh, by the way, June 1st, uh, MCW Pro Wrestling at the MCW Arena in Joppa, Maryland. That's another uh, benefit show for the Bruiser. And, and so that's going to be fantastic. Also, the uh, one and only former Perfect 10, uh, former WWE superstar Ty Dillinger is going to be there. Uh, yeah, that's... Uh, I'm doing the Perfect 10 hand motions. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, so lots of fun stuff, lots of good stuff. Uh, I'm going to pull back up the AEW Double or Nothing pay-per-view uh, pretty soon. But I mentioned this name, and uh, by the way, we're going to talk about in our third segment, Avengers. We're not going to forget about this, Avengers Endgame. So, spoiler alert, we're going to talk about the entire movie. So, if you haven't seen it, why haven't you seen it by now? But if you haven't seen it, don't listen to the third portion of our podcast because we're going to spoil it every. Um, but go see that movie. It's three hours and two minutes long, but that's... I wanted more. I wanted more. We're going, we're going to get to it. We're going to get to it. I said the word Goldberg, and I said it for Frock Lesnar. I said it for Mikey Mike. So he's coming back. Uh, WWE is having another Saudi Arabia pay-per-view, Jeddah, June 7th, on, uh, on the WWE Network. And Goldberg is one of the main featured names on there. Don't know his opponent yet. Don't know what he's going to be doing, but Goldberg. So we thought he was kind of done after he had his uh, WrestleMania rematch with Brock. What do you think? Uh, I see I, you making a motion. It's yeah, all about the money. Yeah, it's about the money, man. That money talks, you know, um, and the rest of it walks. But <clears throat> I think that, I think that um, you know, with Goldberg, I think as far as the mainstream or main, main, main storyline WWE universe goes, I think he is done. But just like that money was talking to Shawn Michaels, mm. that, that Saudi Arabia money started talking to Goldberg, right? And, I, you know, so what we're seeing is guys that um, pretty much that pretty much whose careers are done. But the guys over in Saudi Arabia, those fans, these are the, the people that they know about the most. They're mm -hmm. the most notable figures in wrestling. And they're demanding, you know, these people. And I'm, I'm pretty sure you got I – don't, I don't think – I don't know if WWE streams over there. <clears throat> I'm not sure where the network but does or does I'm pretty sure stream. like a lot of the high officials there, like the princes and, and royal families there, they probably have been able to have had access to sure. this content from, you know, years. So that's probably why you're seeing the demand for some of these guys to come over there 
it's not I don't think it's just Vince being like, Oh, let's get Goldberg. I think that you're getting requests for certain superstars yeah. to appear there and they're they're doing what they can to make it happen. And that's good. Um, yeah. I, I'm kind of excited to see it. I know it's gonna be a glorified house show and whatever it is, Goldberg's gonna squash whoever it is, spear jack hammer, it's fine. Yeah. Um but I, you know, it's it's something cool, you know, to hear the music, to see the entrance. Um, and it's and it's great for them, and it's going to be fun to watch on the network. And I think uh, and there's a lot of names on that card. Brock Lesnar's on that card. Undertaker's on that card. You know all those all those big names. Undertaker, by the way, has signed a new deal himself with the WWE because I believe he went out and did one or two independent things, or is going to do one or two independent things as far as signings or whatever. But WWE was like, there's still value in this character, whether he's wrestling in the ring or not. Uh, at, because obviously he's 50 plus years old he can't work on any kind of main schedule but the WWE would be absolutely crazy not to continue to hold on to him use him as you know public relations come out every once in a while uh you know choke slam whatever it's fine the the music the gimmick pretty much do everything. what he did to Elias on exactly. the Raw after WrestleMania which I thought about it I was like would we have rather seen that at WrestleMania I'm like you know what? He's been Mr. WrestleMania other than Shawn Michaels. He's been the WrestleMania guy for so long. you got to pass the torch somewhere. Sure. So, you know, you're going to have a big star, a couple big stars at WrestleMania all the time. doesn't have to be The Undertaker. He can't do it forever. So why put that on him? It's cool that he did it on, uh, he did it on Raw. Right. I like that. Um, so, yeah, check out the WWE Network for that. Now, one thing you can't find on the WWE Network, which you can find on other streaming services, I think it's Fight TV, also pay-per-view. Actual pay-per-view does exist. AEW, All Elite Wrestling, Double or Nothing, their first pay-per-view, they announced uh, way back months, months ago that they were creating this company, AEW. Um, now they're finally going to get a chance to show the world what they've been doing, how they're different, how they stand out. Um, so, what I'd like to do, I have on my Wikipedia... I'm going to go down a card. If there's anything that you want to jump in and talk about, I was going to just mention the card and then we could talk about it all. Uh, this is actually happening on Saturday, the 25th of May. Um, and I think CM Funk said he definitely wants to watch this, so we'll, we'll know about it and we can always watch it. So let's see. There are eight matches scheduled right now. Uh, Kip Sabian versus Sammy Guevara as a singles match. Um, looks like there's a tag team match for the AAA World Tag Team Championship. That's the Young Bucks, Matt Jackson and Nick Jackson, um, against the Lucha Brothers, Pentagon Jr. and Ray Phoenix, who have been in and out of um, Lucha Underground, which is supposed to be coming back for another season on the LRA Network. Maybe, maybe not. Don't know. Uh, there is a 20-man, 20 21-man Casino Battle Royal for the AEW World Championship. All right. Uh, some of the names in this 21-man casino battle royal. Sonny Kiss. Actually, I've worked with him in SWO Pro Wrestling. That's pretty cool. Um, and he's been in and out of Lucha as well. Brandon Cutler. Ace Romero. Glacier. I hope that's the Glacier from WCW. Wow. I hope that's the same guy. Brian Pillman Jr., who is the son of Brian Pillman, who has passed. Sonny Days. MJF, who is big... King shit. What is it? Joey Janela, Chuck Taylor, Trent Beretta, Dustin Thomas, and more. Um, so, according to this, the winner of that will be the AEW World Champion. Um, Cody versus Dustin. Brother versus brother. Uh, that is well, the last time I saw this, it wasn't that impressive. So we'll see. Right. 
Because the WWE didn't make it that impressive. Although, the time where after years and years that they faced off in uh, Royal Rumble when they cleared the ring, it was just the two of them, that was pretty exciting. But the real feud didn't come out. So that should be much better on a different stage. Uh, Cody versus Dustin. Uh, Three-way match. Dr. Britt Baker versus Nyla Rose, which I've worked with her before in EWA. Um, and also she's great of, of the AEW. And Kylie Ray. So that's going to be fun. Three-way women's match, not for a title or anything. Uh, Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho. This feud's been going on for about two years. Back through New Japan, back through um, Ring of Honor, wherever it can be. So Chris Jericho, way out of shape, but still doing DDP yoga. Um, is he out of shape? You've seen him recently? Uh, yeah, he's pretty big. He's, <laughs> he's like 260, 270. Oh, wow. He's big. Chris, what's happening? Why 2 double J? Why 2 triple J? Hey, it's that living that rock star life. Living man. that rock star yeah. life with um, his band. What is his name? Fozzie. Thank you, Fozzie. Um, the, no, he's uh, feeling good, working good. I'm not saying, you know, he's a big dude. You know, he's put on some weight. You know, he's living over in Japan. He's eating a lot of eating a lot of that meat. I didn't know he was living over there. Okay. For the most part, I think he is. All right. Uh, he has residents in Japan. For one, I understand. Uh, he's probably got residences all over. I mean, yeah, his home base uh, is, uh, is is Tampa, I believe. Yeah. Where his family is and everything. But, uh, yeah. Maybe he's been in New Japan for a while, okay. so. Um, <clears throat> here we go. SoCal Uncensored, which is Christopher Daniels and Frankie Gazarian. Um, and they're teaming with Scorpio Sky. By the way, SoCal Uncensored was at MCW Pro Wrestling recently, so shout out to them. And a six-man tag team match against Strong Hearts, which is Seema, T-Hawk, and L. Lindemann. Um, all right. I'm sure that'll be exciting. I'm sure they're going to build more story behind it. Uh, Hangman Adam Page, who's one of the bigger names, going against Pac, P-A-C. Not X-Pac, but Pac. And we used to know him as um, Neville. Adrian Neville. Yeah, that's right. And he is, yeah, Neville, Adrian Neville. No, I'm, I mean Pac. Oh, you hate Pac. Yeah, I don't know why. It, that just sounds weird. I, I, why I didn't he just go back to, like, Adrian Neville? Or something? I, I don't know I don't where know. it came from, but, uh, hey, that's that's what it is. So that is the AEW card. Now, they're gonna, they've been trying to set themselves up to set themselves apart from the WWE to actually try to be a competitor with the WWE. Um, and there's a lot of other names, including one that we have not, uh, we kind of touched on. Johnny Moxley. John Moxley. Um, so first of all, before we talk about Dean Ambrose slash John Moxley, what do you think about that card? Are you intrigued? Um, not necessarily. Okay. And the reason I say that is because uh, I just to be honest, I don't follow a lot of the guys that that were just named. A lot of people um, don't. A lot of, That's, yeah, a yeah. lot of people I hadn't heard of. You know, um, except for I think uh, yeah, I think the only person I've ever heard of and actually seen. Was Nia, uh, Nia Rose? Nyla Rose. Nyla Rose mm-hmm. from EWA. Right. So she's she's the only one. Um, but yeah, everybody else, you know, from the indie guys, I just didn't really know. Besides your Kenny Omegas, you know, your big names. But uh, so I can't say I'm intrigued. But I do want to see this company be successful. Mm-hmm. I want to see it be. Um, I want to see it be that competitor. But once again, it's not something that we haven't seen before. We've kind of seen TNA come out in the very same way where, you know, you had a lot of WWE guys jumping ship, mm-hmm. running over to TNA, made TNA a big promotion for, you know, a couple of years. And then, you know, the descent 
you know. Right, because it's, it's happened. It's, it's happened, happened before. It's yeah. happened, you know, now you saw it with WCW, seeing it with TNA, and now it's like, all right, do we have another another one where, you know, they're going to ascend to new heights, you're going to get a lot of people jumping over, and then, you know, management will change, and the next thing you know, everybody's trying to jump back on the big ship. So It's very true. But I'm interested history to has see, been repeating itself. Right. I'm interested to see how the product differs itself from WWE, because we're used to seeing the same old stuff. Uh, and, and we want to see them succeed, you know, and we, we hope that they do because it only makes other people push to succeed even further. Yeah. So that would be good. Speaking of impact, I just want to throw this out there. Uh, Rebellion, pay-per-view. They just had this on April 28th. Um, at this point in time, they've been doing most of their stuff out of Canada. And I'll, I'll check out their TV deal in a minute. I looked at it earlier, but... Ace Austin defeated Aiden Prince, Eddie Edward, Jake Crist, Jake Diener, and Petey Williams in a six-way match. Scarlett Bordeaux with Fala Ba, who's like the new Yokozuna, um, defeated Rohit Raju with Gama Singh and Raj Singh. Okay? Intergender match. Moose and the North, which is Ethan Page and Josh Alexander, defeated the Rascals of Desmond Xavier, Trey Miguel, and Zachary Wentz. Uh, Tara Valkyrie defeated Jordan, Jordan Grace. For the Knockouts Championship. Rich Swan, who was in WWE before. Oh, shoot, Rich. Where he's, are you at? He's been in about the uh, about a year or so in Impact. Yeah. Um, defeated Sammy Callahan by submission in an OVE rules match for the Impact X Division Championship. So, shout out to Rich Swan, Baltimore man. Um, Tessa Blanchard defeated Gail Kim in a singles match. Gail Kim has come out of retirement so many times, but Tessa Blanchard is uh, fantastic. Uh, Tully Blanchard is her father. Brian Cage uh, defeated Johnny Impact for the Impact World Championship with Lance Storm as the special guest referee. Wow. Oh, boy. Um, the LAX, Latin American Exchange of Ortiz and Santana, and a full metal mayhem match for the Impact World Tag Team Championship, which is like weapons and all kinds of other stuff, defeated um, the Lucha Brothers, Phoenix and Pentagon Jr. Wait a minute. Didn't we just read those names? Phoenix and Pentagon Jr. I think they're on the AEW pay-per-view that I just read. So they're getting around, man. They're getting around. Um, so Impact is still around. Wait, did I hear Eli Drake? No. No. I did not. Did I, I don't think that name was on it. Did I say that? No. That's what I was wondering. Isn't he still with uh, Impact? As far as I know, he was with Impact. Uh, he is not on that show. Uh, Eli Drake um, was on recent Impact Television, so I don't know. Okay. Hey, AEW, maybe. Um, speaking of people who may show up in AEW, I know we tapped around the name a couple of times. Yes. We're really excited. Talk about John Moxley. Let's talk about John Moxley. Okay, so Dean Ambrose had his last match, um, and you know a lot of a lot of rumors kept swirling about whether this was a shoot or if it was a work. Blah blah blah. Right. So we know he does his last match with the Shield. He leaves. Personally, for me, I just been feeling like, well, I think it, I think it's real. You know, I, I felt like when you look at the emotional response from like the uh, shield and everything, it seemed like this was it. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I don't, I don't get these guys to be too great of actors to like display that kind of emotion if this is all just a work, right? Right. Then he goes and shoots this promo for John Boxley. <laughs> and so there's a question. I'm reading a question in the article. It's like, you know, is this is this a work? You know, and I'm like, man, it's not a work, man. Everybody just thinks everything's a work in wrestling. <laughs> then I watch this promo, and I'm like, yo, this joint is high freaking quality. You understand what I'm saying? I'm like, this joint is high quality, mm -hmm. and it's like 
Yo put this out almost like a few days after leaving WWE officially. So I'm like, okay. So who's back in this? Who's back in this high quality video? Because this wasn't like it was a shot in some spare room. Like this was like on a set. You know, they made it look like he was in a prison, getting out the prison, all of this stuff. I'm like, you know, in a ring, Mm -hmm. very well lit. You know, this is like professional standard quality. Now, I do know AEW has money behind them, so perhaps they shot it. But it did it did make me start questioning for a second, like, yo, are they just trying to repackage Ambrose or something? But I I, th- I still think he's gone. It's very possible. I don't see... I would love to see that kind of extreme-type character make an impact back in the WWE because it's something that they haven't had in a quite a long time. But um, I think it's more like uh, it's it's very possible that it's... You know, an AEW type thing. You know, maybe maybe there is a rogue writer out there that's just trying to do that shoot writing and trying to get it back, and that's fine. Um, but the, WWE has put so much money into Dean Ambrose, that name, that character, that following with the Shield, without the Shield, um, that I don't think that they, I don't necessarily know if they would just turn him around and repackage him like that. So it'll be interesting to see. There's a lot of people that aren't on that AEW card that could very well show up. Sure. Um, and that's another thing that the surprise factor, the run-in factor. Give me, give me a big cluster F. Give me, give me that. Uh, that's what I want to see. I don't want to see the same old stuff, the same A to B profile. I want to see a big cluster F. Mm-hmm. That's what I want to see. I'm ready. Um, so shout out to we we kind of did a couple of things. You know, hopefully AEW does well. Shout out to Ring of Honor out there doing their thing. New Japan doing their thing. CM Funk, I'm sure, will give us a lowdown when he comes back. Uh, all the indies out there, we talked about 205 Live, NXT. NXT actually is going to have a um, a new uh, takeover show coming out. I think it's on June the 1st. It's going to be from Connecticut, which is WWE headquarter territory. Um, so, you know, more on that coming up in uh, weeks to come, and I'm sure we'll review that when we come back. And NXT, man, I you know, I've been... Um... I've been quite pleased, you know. I fell off from NXT for a little bit there. Mm-hmm. Um, it took me a while to get back on, but yeah, I mean, NXT is just one of those programs where it's like I get it, like I get the formula. Like I, I realized why I'm intrigued and like why I like the things. As you said, you know, they don't have to build the characters as much. They they it's really focused on the in ring work, mm-hmm. um, and I just I enjoy the matches a lot more than I do on um, on like the main roster, right? But the other thing is that I just realized that, yo, there's something about not having to oversaturate your your roster yeah. that really lends itself to, like, you want to watch. Because it's like, we saw Matt Riddle face Adam Cole on last one. Yeah, that's right. I remember that. Hadn't seen Matt Riddle fight for maybe, like, two shows before. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, not having all of your main people be present each and every week that... It does something to you. Like, I didn't get to see Velveteen Dream. Everybody knows I'm a Dream fan. So it's like, you are. next episode, I hope the Dream is on there. <laughs> I'm excited, you know? And you want to watch it to right. find out. Yeah, and here's the thing. I'm not criticizing the main roster because I understand you just don't have that luxury on the main roster. Like, you can't do that on WWE. Like, when people are paying and you're paying a lot of money to come to the shows, you don't want to come see a bunch of new guys. You, you're paying to come see Roman Reigns. You know what I'm saying? You're, mm-hmm. you're paying to come see... The people that you don't get to see. So it's like, I, I know for me as a consumer, I'm not going to pay $120 for a seat and then <laughs> have a bunch of new guys that y'all just been training come out. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, right. I ain't paying that. Like, I'll, I'm good. I watch that on TV, you know? So <laughs> I get it. 
So and, I get it. And I understand exactly where you're coming from, too. And money is a big thing. It's, you know, do you want to, I mean, I don't think with NXT, you know, you could go to Full Sail University or go to an NXT live event, which they're going to have in um, Maryland not too long from now. Um, can't remember when that is. That might be a week from uh, week or so from when we're talking. But you're, you're not going to pay a lot of money. You're going to pay 20 bucks, and you're going to have a ringside seat. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you're going to see an action-packed show. Right. And it's people you're going to want to come back and see again. And, you know, every week you get one hour of NXT a week. You get one hour. But they pack a lot into that hour. And they don't take away from things that need to be taken away from. And they do have some stories, some developing. you got so much time and so much effort on the main roster and so many people on that main roster. But NXT is the place to be, in my opinion. In the Velveteen Dream, I don't want to see him come up. I want to see him stay there and take that roster over. Honestly. Right, yeah. So maybe Leo Rush should be looking forward to going back. Maybe he should. <laughs> maybe he should. And I love Matt Riddle. I love the Velveteen Dream. I love what I, I don't know if they're called the War Raiders or the Viking Raiders or whatever the hell they came up to the main roster and now they Can I talk about them for a second? You can. I don't like it, man. <laughs> I don't. Listen, I'm I there know with you. I know that the guy because they've been showing the commercial NXT, it almost like have you seen that kind of commercial they show about the performance center? And it almost looks like a WWE battleground where mm-hmm. they're like showing a behind the scenes, but it don't look like it's an actual show. Like yeah. they're just showing you parts from their lives. So it's like I know that the one guy married the one girl in like a, a full on like Viking wedding. Right. So it's like they're living the gimmick. Mm-hmm. I get it. I still, <laughs> I still just feel like it's a corny gimmick. Like it's still just a gimmick. I don't know. Uh, the War Raiders was fine. I know they can't use the word war, I guess, on uh, on Mondays anymore. But uh, or or on the main. Re- but just using the Viking thing. I mean, we've had Vikings before in WWE. They didn't last very long. So I don't know. Yeah. They were the Viking experience first. Yeah, you're right. They and, weren't working. And yeah. that that didn't work. So they became yeah. the Viking Raiders, which was more relatable to the characters in NXT. I, but, I just feel like, and they've been dominating. Like they just beat the uh, tag team champions. Um, Hawkins, Hawkins and, and Ryder. Um, I just feel like in this day and age, those kind of gimmicks just they're just hard to get over, man. Yeah. I mean, you gotta do some real work to get them <laughs> to get those kind of gimmicks over, man. Some real work, yeah. Speaking of which, since they're going back to Jeddah, does Jinder Mahal win one of the championships before they send them back over to? <laughs> Which means if they ever do, uh, I don't know where Vikings come from, Scotland, uh, and they ever do a tour of Scotland, the Viking Raiders win the tag team champion. It's all very geographical. That's true. To where That's they true. they have championships. Yeah, because um, you're right. Because it's like what Scotland, Norway, like like the whole like Netherlands region. Yeah. Oh my God. So it's like, yeah, do they win the championship? Likely. Why not? Right. Yeah. The but, belts are hot, to but they haven't even been developing their characters. I mean, at least with gender, they gave him a, you know, they gave him some bike time. They and, did, you know. But these guys are just creating them as like these big, powerful, explosive guys, and it's just like that will only take you too far. Like it's kind of like the the the, the new guy. What's his name? Lars Sullivan. It's mm-hmm. like we've seen big. Like this is WWE. We've been watching big guys for over thirty years. You yep. know what I'm saying? It's like it's nothing new. Like. He's like silent but deadly types. It's like, okay, we get it. Like, <laughs> I tell you, there's a lot to talk about and a lot to watch when it comes to wrestling. But, it, you know, to hopefully to keep our interest, to pique our interest, when we come back to the next podcast, we're going to be talking about hopefully how good Money in the Bank was, how good AEW was, and how they're setting themselves up for a future, not setting themselves up for failure. Yeah. Um, 
So we got more to talk about there. But uh, on this podcast, let's wrap this second segment up of professional wrestling uh, with anything. I, I think I've hit all of my um, key points. Was there any names or key points that you wanted to throw into the wrestling thing before we take a break and come back and talk about man, Avengers Endgame? I was just thinking, I was like, man, we did hit a lot of key points. I, I feel like uh, we didn't really leave anybody off the table. I think we kind of covered the gist of it. And we packed it all that. in in under 90 minutes. I know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we kind of talked about the gist of every, of everybody in the in the news and the top guys. So, um, yeah, man, I, I think we're... We We're on the right it. track. Yeah. All right. So when we come back um, in, in uh, episode 64... Uh, we're going to talk about uh, follow-up from all that stuff and where we go towards the summer here in 2019. But we're going to take a break right now. And when we come back, we're not going to take three hours and two minutes to do it, but we're going to talk about Avengers Endgame. And, you know, I'm going back and listening to some of our other podcasts. You know, we t- we had conversations about other movies, um, especially, like, mo- more recently, Creed Two. Uh, you know, when we both watched that, I was like, that those are good conversations that we have about movies. Yeah, To absolutely. get each other's take on it and, you know, that we've both seen it. And we've given you plenty enough time. I think we've been running for about 60 to 90 minutes now. So if you don't want spoilers for Avengers Endgame, you can stop this podcast right here, go see Avengers Endgame, and then listen to the rest of this podcast. But certainly listen to all of our archived episodes on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and everything else that I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast. We are everywhere, Big Ugly. We are, man. Blowing up. We're blowing up. And we go take a break, and we go come back and talk again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're back on the yep. dirty. <laughs> I just had to mix it up. Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. Once again, my name is Dirty Mike. I'm the Big Ugly. And we just started talking offline, and we should have been recording because that's what we do. I mean, we should record just every conversation we ever have, Big Ugly, because you never know. We get gems. Yeah, man. We get gems. Uh, so we were talking about. We started talking about the Marvel Universe, and we started talking about Batista a little bit, and uh, hopefully he can make some uh, some good, better movie choices. He's made a couple of really, really good ones. Uh, we talked about Blade Runner. We talked about the Marvel universe uh what was the other one you james mentioned bond. thank you um james bond so. which i know a lot of people didn't like specter but i think he did a good job as mr i mean he ain't having lines except for the one line but it's all right his presence is his known. presence was was no yes yeah. so yeah. I, I guess we were just trying to say that he's done a lot of a caliber movies and but then he also goes and does like a lot of these b-level straight mm-hmm. to netflix kind of movies right that it's just like right, at some point you know you're not going to see the rock doing those movies you know what i'm saying like the rock is you know you reach a certain point like you said at one point where you're doing a level movies and they may not be they may not end up being the best box office match but the point is that they're box office movies they're blockbusters right and that's where i feel like batista needs to be um you see john cena doing the same thing Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying cena's appearing in the big stuff you know he's not really getting mixed in with all of the the b-level stuff you know so batista needs to be in that arena Absolutely. Personally, I find him to be a better actor than Cena. So wow, that's strong. <laughs> yeah, I, I think he's a very uh, he's a better character actor than John Cena. Let's put it that way, because John Cena is a great character actor when it comes to doing voiceovers and stuff like Ferdinand or whatever the heck he was doing. But you know, when Batista playing Drax, uh, going back and watching the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie and then watching all of like that's a perfect character he, he for owns, him. He owns, he owns that yeah. character. Nobody else could be Drax yeah. ever in ever, you know if they ever do it. Yeah. 
Um, speaking of the Avengers, speaking of that Marvel Universe, let's talk about it. Uh, the Avengers Endgame. I believe that was the 22nd or 23rd movie. Yeah, was it? Tw- I think it might have been 22. Um, yeah. In the Marvel Studios Universe. Uh, you know, and, and it all led... Uh, they all tied in together somewhere. And they all led up to this. This was the fourth Avengers movie because I think there was Avengers there was yeah. Avenger Age of Ultron Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame um, so you saw the movie yes I saw the movie I saw it three times you three yeah I, I want to go back and see it a second time this is what I said um, I, and because I think you can get more out of it probably when you see it the second and third time because you're seeing it for different reasons yes did you get more out of it the second and third time yes okay good uh, and I, that might come up in this yeah, conversation. It, most of the time, it's just like little little things that you may have missed. Um, yeah, it's it's the little things. I mean, for the most uh, for the most part, I think the the main story and everything. You know, you you just get it that first time around. But there might be little side things, the Easter eggs that you just didn't catch the first time because you're so caught up in the hype. Which is a bunch of notes that I have here too. So let's um, let's grade it before we talk about it. Out of five stars, do you give it five? I give it four. Ooh, yeah. Four. Tell yeah. me where that other star. So I think that the other star is missing because I think that that first hour of the movie I think could have been cut down some. So it was a very long movie, as people know, it was three hours mm-hmm. um, and two minutes. Um, I do feel like they could have shaved off some time in that movie, and it would have been okay. Some of the stuff I think they they dragged along mm-hmm. trying to show the aftermath of. After the snap. Right. Which I get. But at the end of the day, I think that you overestimate the fans' actual ability to care. (laughs) And the reason I say this is because for everybody that's seen Infinity War, Infinity War was very fast-paced. Like It started off very Mm fast-paced. And it kept up that momentum for almost like a good... 45 minutes before it started to slow down a little bit Mm -hmm. and then it ramped right back up yeah but so it's like when you're coming off of that high you're expecting to like you want to maintain that like you know it's just an all-out battle but i think endgame just tries to bring you down before like building up and i felt like they could have like cut out something they had a come down match yeah (laughs) so okay that's fair enough. So I, I do believe the first hour of Endgame definitely was a little, little expositional, a little slower. Um, to, to you know, and it, it kind of introduced. Uh, it was a way to introduce Ant Man. Uh, you know, exactly. Uh, That's what they spent a lot of time. And on. they did yes. spend a lot because that was the first Avengers movie that he was in, right? Yes. Okay, I believe so. It is. Um, and then, of course, by the end of the movie, every Marvel character in existence pretty much uh, showed up in that movie. Yeah. Um, so here, here's a couple of things I want to just touch on. You know, if you saw it, you didn't see it, go see it. It's a good movie. Um, Captain Marvel, this this movie wrapped, wrapped a lot around her. Um, Not as much as I thought it would. It more than, well, this is her first Avengers movie too, right? Yes. Okay. So um, they, they made her sort of a, a big player in this whole thing. Yes. Um, but she was just kind of... Not the biggest player, obviously, but a big player. You know, part of the big players. So, I enjoyed seeing her and her universe kind of mixing in here. Um, let's. There's a lot of places to start, so let's just go backwards. Sure. Um, end of the movie. Um, they had the credits rolling, 
And at the end of the credits, you saw all the big-name characters. Captain America, Thor, Hulk, especially Iron Man, which was the tearjerker of the whole thing. Um, they were the main part of the credits. Their signatures, uh, they signed off. Was that their way of passing the torch? Yeah, definitely. Um, Are you know, they all <clears throat> done? So, yes, technically. Okay. So, phase, th phase one through three is over. It, okay. it ended with Endgame. Right. Now we're going into Phase 4. Phase the four. idea is that the main Avengers are finished. Your okay. Captain America, your, your Iron Man's, Black Widow, Hawkeye, they're done. Now, going in, they do want to do other Avengers movies, but what they want to do is set up for new Avengers. So that's your Spider-Man's, your Doctor Strange, your Black Panthers, um, Guardians of the Galaxy, uh... And likely Thor. I think that they're going to keep Thor hanging around. Chris Hemsworth has been very vocal about he'll just play Thor forever. Like, he, he likes playing Thor. He enjoys it. I love the portrayal you know, of Thor in this yeah, movie. Let me great. just... Yeah. I don't mean to interrupt you, but... And uh, when uh, Stark called him one side Lebowski, that's exactly what yeah. I was thinking. Yeah. He was the dude. Yeah. Uh, the dreadlocks, the, the beer gut, yeah. and I think the toy is actually coming out with uh, beers and, and things like that. Yeah. Oh, God. It was great. And, and you saw every evolution of the Thor character in that movie, pretty much. Yeah. But uh, I love that. And But he did sign off at the end, so you think that the Thor's going to continue. Yeah, well, because Thor's going to be with the Guardians of the Galaxy now, so I suspect... Which they Gar did tease that. Yes, in Guardians 3, I think that he will be a part of their of their movie. Um, but yeah, so the main guys are wrapped up. Now, did Captain America, as, first of all, love the fact that they let him live his 65, 70 years that was in the Ice Age that he missed? Yeah. And to go back and... Because they always talked about that. Yeah. Love the fact that they brought him back as an old man. Did he pass the shield off to the new Captain America? Yeah. Is that how that's going to work? Correct. So, yeah. In the comic books, the Falcon does at some point become the new Captain America. Okay. So, that is part of the lore. As well as Bucky Barnes at one point. The Winter Soldier is yeah. also. I think that they chose to go with Falcon because... Uh, I think because... It made sense. I personally didn't like it because I don't like the Falcon character, but I think that I think that they chose to go with him over Bucky because technically in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Bucky is still a terrorist, like right. which is why he has to continue hiding out in Wakanda which because makes sense. He, yeah. So it's like you can't now have the the terrorist be, <laughs> be Captain America, right? So so they had to kind of go with Sam Wilson as uh, as the new Captain America and um, the Falcon and Winter Soldier. They'll have a show together. It's called Falcon and Winter Soldier, and it'll be on the new Disney Plus network. So I don't know if they're going to oh. build off of this, where they're going to show Falcon developing into Captain America or what. I don't know. That would be a nice part of the beginning of the story, just to see how he handles it. Yeah. Um, so that that was, I think it was a great way to cap off the Captain America character, showing him finally dancing with. Uh, well, I can't remember her name. Um, uh, Peggy. Thank Carter. you. Yeah. Uh, man, and that's all he ever wanted to do. And he got to live out those years. And he did it instantaneously because yeah. of the, the way the story went. I thought it was great. I, I thought I loved it. I just think, um, and another reason I give it a knock, I just feel like they went through a whole lot trying to explain the whole time travel thing in this movie. But I felt like the whole Captain America coming back and being on that bench was a loose end. That, to me... 
a, a lot of it from everything they explained, it almost like didn't fit. And like you, end, I end up having to go on YouTube and like watch a bunch of videos to try and get an explainer. People trying to piece this together, but mm-hmm. it's always a danger when you do time travel stuff because nothing really adds up. But it was just kind of like one of those situations where it's like, well, how did he get over there? Right. You know what I'm saying? And like, what happened to the other Steve Rogers that was in the alternate timeline that he went to? Like, you know. Because technically he would have went in the ice. So how does it, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, they were just, it opened up a lot of can of worms when you do that. But I was going to ask, is that, is down that now all those cans of worms? Because a lot of the Marvel movies, going back and watching them, they do, you know, time travel, time jump a little bit. Not too much, but especially in this movie. They, yeah, they might time jump, but he time traveled. Like. <laughs> yeah. Now is this, is this now too many multiverses to follow? Or are they going to, they are they going to pull it back and try to, keep it oh no they're they're going full out i mean if they're you, going if you watch if you watch the new spider-man um far from home trailer haven't seen the trailer okay, yet but so I'm, if you yeah, watch okay. it if you watch the trailer there's an extended piece of trailer where he's talking to mysterio and he's talking about they explicitly mentioned the multiverse mm-hmm. so mcu is going into this idea of having a multiverse and they pretty much started it with endgame they're going to further it so there's this idea that essentially you can go in any part of time or any different world and there will be a Tony Stark or Steve Rogers. It doesn't necessarily mean they'll be the one that we remember. Like they might like Steve Rogers might not have been Captain America in the multiverse in another world. Wow. You know, so but they're definitely opening up this whole multiverse thing. Well, I mean, it gives a lot of line for a lot of new a lot of new movies, a lot of new shows, a lot of new characters, a lot of new stories. Um, will this new multiverse of this new po- possible Avengers cast, will this be as followed as closely as the original Iron Man, Captain America, Hulk, all these guys? I think that I think that definitely in the beginning. I think that for the next couple of movies, you're going to definitely have a lot of people tuning in. I think that how well they do on these next couple movies is going to be pivotal for Marvel to know if they're going to be able to recreate the magic because what they've accomplished in the past decade is hard and no, not, it's never been done before. Exactly. And, you know, it, they, and it's just like, and it's just like we talked about with WWE earlier, mm-hmm. when you give us everything we want, it's hard to see where it goes Just from there. The same thing. And that's what happened with this. We got everything we wanted. You know what I'm saying? Like, this this 22 movie set fulfilled us. And now you're taking away our main, our main characters are done. And you're trying to set us up for a new ride with all of these new characters that we know already. Mm-hmm. But that now they're apart from our main character. So, it, it's going to be tough. Personally, I think that... Um, I think that Marvel's gonna have a hard time moving forward. Like I said, I think these next, I think maybe the next two or three years they might be okay. But I think I don't think they're gonna be able to dupl- to replicate another ten years of what they were able to do just now. I think that we're gonna we might start seeing a downward trend of the whole like superhero. Soccer. Yeah, because they they socked it to us. I mean, I mean, and, and not to even talk about the DC universe. That's not, they they've been doing their Batman's and Wonder Woman's and Superman's and Aquaman's and all stuff, you know. But I think the Marvel has taken taken the reins with all of these movies intertwining together, um, and they're all pretty exciting to watch. And they, you know, seeing how they all tie together. I, you're right. It's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough to 
But you know what? If you're going to shoot for it, just like the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast, you might as well shoot for the moon. Yeah, I mean, hey, they're going to keep going. I mean, they're like they the got money. Around. Yeah, there's they got money. The money. Yeah. There's backing. Yeah. Listen, uh, there's following. Endgame became the number two highest grossing film of all time in two weeks. Is it number That's one yet? crazy. No, it still has not beat Avatar. Okay, Avatar's still good. But I don't... Personally, I, I, I don't think it'll beat Avatar, but just to say that you went to number two... In two weeks, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. That's insane. I mean, and it came out on that one day, and they didn't even close movie theaters. They were running 24 hours a day, every screen in the theater, and this thing was sold out for weeks. It's, I mean, there's still shows selling out. Yeah. And it's been out for like two weeks now. And it's still yeah. going. Can, can it beat Avatar? Or has has the initial shock died off? To But you're like you. You went and saw it three times. I want to go see it again. Yeah. So It might. It, I mean, it might. I don't know. It's still a little bit off from Avatar, but it might. I mean, you still got another good month of running this thing. Yeah, I don't say it's not going to come out of the theaters yeah. while still making money, especially now school years are ending. Right. People are graduating from college. I mean, this is the time to go out and do some fun things like this. Yeah. So maybe in the beginning of the summer, it's going to start trailing off, but I, 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 I'm going to go see it again. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and it was it's pretty cool how... I don't know. I have I've been a fan of these movies, but I haven't as been in as into them as I have been in the past month or two. Yeah. Um. Kind of preparing myself. When I saw uh, Avengers: Infinity War, I was like, man, I gotta I gotta figure out how all this happens, and and figure out all the um, history of all of these Infinity Stones and this Tesseract and everything yeah. um, that comes into play. So there's a lot of stories that culminate in this movie. Um. The one thing is, is Thanos done? Is he dead? Is he gone? Yeah, Thanos is done. It's okay. Done. Yeah, his character is finished. Did you see... Uh, for, I love how they played this and they, they kind of led you away from it to where he was going to snap his fingers again and he snapped and nothing happened. And then it showed that Stark, Iron Man, actually yeah. had it. And I was thinking to myself the whole time, I'm like, there's no way that he can snap his fingers with this Infinity Glove stone and he's not going to survive. He can't survive that. Um, so, and, and the words, I am Iron Man, snap, boom, done. Yep. Um, fantastic. And we're going to talk about, of course, if you have anything you want to bring up, perfect. But uh, what did you think about the Iron Man character did you know that was going to happen yo i had no idea i actually didn't see it coming at all if anything i thought it would have been a steve rogers kind of thing to do i thought it was a perfect callback he's to, next we're going to talk about but yeah. go ahead i thought it was a perfect callback to the original iron man you know with him with the i am iron man um so you know it definitely pulled at the heartstrings man that ending scene like i that that last 30 minutes in general sent me on a roller coaster of emotions mm-hmm. and the crowd could feel it. You know, when I was in the theater, you know, everybody was getting hyped, getting sad mm-hmm. at the same moments. It, you know, it was a great, uh, you know, great. But as far as Iron Man goes, like, yeah, I didn't see it coming, but I thought it was, I thought it was fitting, man. I thought it was great. Did you know that uh, Robert Downey Jr., the Iron Man character itself, was done after this movie? No. No. I thought he was still going. Wow. I thought, I thought, I thought his contract, or he was going to like do something else with his contract, where he was going to appear in more films. I knew that Chris Evans, Steve Rogers, the guy to play Steve Rogers, he wanted to be done. Like, he was very, you know, he's very uh, vocal about wanting to be finished with the series and wanting to move on from 
the MCU. So that's why I figured that something like, you know, with the whole snap, that it would have been Steve Rogers to do it. Mm -hmm. But they just kind of found another way for him to be done. But then I didn't imagine that Iron Man would be done too. They kept that really under wraps because I thought the same thing, that that Captain America was going to be the one that takes all this. Like that sacrificial person, yeah. Yeah, but no, and it was when it was him, and I'm like, well, you know what, he's been doing this for... Ever. I mean, he's been Tony Stark and Iron Man in so many of these Marvel movies. And he's been the, the catalyst, kind of the one that started it all. And kind of the glue that holds them all together at, at a lot of different points. Yeah. Um, and, of course, with all these multiverses now, there could be cameos. You never know. They're Tony Stark, you know, or some kind of new version of Tony Stark. Yeah. Uh, or Iron Man could show up. You never know. But that, that one was, was surprising. I... That's something they kept really, really quiet. Yeah. And that's cool, too. Um, here's another thing that happened shortly before that. You want to talk about Steve Rogers? Why is he worthy? How is he worthy? I went back to try to piece this together, yeah. and I'll tell you what I found, but I want to hear this from you first. So I've been trying to think about why he is worthy. Um, and what we're talking about is he is worthy to wield me and Thor's yeah. hammer. Yeah. So I feel like I think the fact I I don't know if it was just one moment or if they're trying to say that his character developed to that point. I think we're supposed to see that from Age of Ultron mm-hmm. to now, his character has developed to the point of worthiness, mm-hmm. and that we know that he was able to budget during Age of Ultron, but he couldn't lift it. Mm-hmm. So I which think, let's talk about that for a second. Yeah, that was so downplayed during that movie because if you don't really pay attention you don't see it because they're all drunk they're all playing yeah. this game they're all trying to pick up Thor's hammer when he goes to it you see the shot the camera shot from underneath to where he's going to go yeah. pull up on the hammer and then you hear a noise but you don't really know right. what that noise is and if you watch the clip you don't see it move no. you just hear it you hear the table shake yeah. basically is what you hear and then you see you see Thor, and then you see Captain America kind of looking at each other, or Steve Rogers, as it were. And then one of them, I can't tell which one says, like, no, I, I, I can't do it. I think it's Thor that says no, no, whatever. No, Captain America it, says is no. It, it is th- him. And but Thor just kind of laughs nervously. Right, because they're showing the camera yeah. shot on him, but you hear a voice. So that was Steve Rogers saying that. I think so. Did you notice that during that movie, that he was able to budget, but nobody else could? Yeah. I didn't. And, and, and you see I Thor, missed that. You see Thor. You see Thor make. You gotta look at Thor's face. As soon as he budges it, Thor goes like he he has a look on his face like oh shoot. Like, but then but then when Captain Rogers like he can't do it, then he like kind of laughs laughs it off nervously. Did that, he was he not able to do it, or did he know he could do it but didn't do it? Well, some people have. That's been an argument. That that's what I want to talk about. Some people have made the argument that they think that Captain America could have done it. But he chose not to when he saw Thor's reaction. I am not so sure about that. I don't think the creator, I mean, like the Russo brothers have said anything about that, you know, that I've heard of. But because at the end of the day, they ended up having Vision lifted later on in the movie. Remember, Vision gives Thor the hammer and everybody's like, oh, shoot. Right. And that's when that's when they're like, uh, oh, I think we can trust this guy because he, he's worthy. Mm hmm. So why was Vision worthy? I think just because he was pure. Okay. You know, he was just like a created being, like he was just pure. So I think that but this is why I feel like as far as character, I feel like it makes more sense that as Captain America's character grew 
from Civil War and having to overcome and stand for something like those accords that they were trying to put on them and then having to go to, you know, Infinity War where he had to try and fight with everybody to, you know, going through this and trying to keep the team together and like mm-hmm. its development of like never giving up and, you know, wanting to sacrifice anything for the greater good. I feel like all of that led to his character developing to a point of worthiness. I didn't know if that was part of the original Mar- MCU Marvel comic universe or anything like that, that where where Captain America was ever worthy of. Yeah, I think yeah, in the in the in the comic books I think it, 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 at one point he does wield a hammer. There've been a few people that I think were, Because were, that was the that was like the pop of the movie right there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the movie theater went crazy when that hammer flies back to him. Oh man, like people went nuts. I, I lost my shit. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. People went nuts, man. I just love that scene where everybody's together and he's like he calls for the Avengers and then a the hammer flies into his hand and he's like a symbol and then the Avengers, Avengers theme music, music starts playing and they start running and I'm like, yo, ah! <laughs> like that just gets me pumped, man. As much as it yeah. took to, for the exposition of the movie, when it started, when it started picking up, it didn't stop, and that that was that was excellent. Um, and and doesn't don't want to take away from the rest of the movie because I mean there was so many effects, so many people, so many characters, so many stories. But to see the entire, I mean, it's even a bigger battle than Infinity War. It was the biggest biggest battle that I can remember in any yeah. of the movies. Yeah. Um, and. And that Thanos, and I'll get back to the, I just want to say Thanos did the same thing at the end of Infinity War that he did at the end of Endgame. He sat down, the sun was setting or rising, yeah. you know, he just sat down and he was just like, all right, it's F it, I'm yeah, done. It's done. He yeah. gave up, yeah, basically. Yeah. He yeah, knew man. it was over. Yeah. And he just, because that, that took a while for him to fade away. So what didn't know was he gonna fade away? Was it what was gonna happen? But he just he sat there and he just reveled in it for a minute. Yep, and he realized it was over. After all that, and yeah. he was I don't want to say he was content with it, but kind of was. Yeah, I mean he was content. I think when you look at it, it, it was kind of a a face of contentment and shock at the same time that like he lost because Thanos is a very powerful character. Like he's a very powerful being. In the Marvel Universe. And like the, in the first Infinity War, we assume that most of his power just came from having the Infinity Stones. Right. But in this movie, we were shown that like, yo, Thanos is powerful without the stones. Mm-hmm. Like he can pretty much probably kill all of them without the stones. Right. You know? um, except for like Captain Marvel. Well, uh, yeah. but that's why I say that she's a little bit of a bigger deal than they yes. let on and they could have even made her bigger and, and that's why i think that they kept her out for like a lot of movies because she's such a powerful character that she could end things without right 22 anybody movies. else yeah <laughs> she could she could and like she take just care like, of it. just like in the beginning she's like all right i'm gonna go kill thanos you know what i'm saying they're like oh wait hold on we want to come you know it's like yeah she could just take them out you know and without if he doesn't have the infinity stones like yeah she she will take out thanos i'm sure I mean, he'll put up a fight, but you know, I'm pretty sure she could do it. But, how did you? How did you like that in the first, uh, the first, you know, thirty minutes of the movie? And uh, you know, Thanos is just talking, and all of a sudden, he gets his head chopped off. Yeah, I was shocked. It made me at that point. It's like I, I don't know what's about to happen. Right, because you know, it, we think yeah. that's what we're trying to do here. Yeah, but killing him didn't bring back half the world or half the universe. Well, they couldn't do it anyway because remember he had destroyed the Infinity Stone. Right, that, and they had so that's that. why so that's why Thor just went and chopped his head off. It's um, like, well, we don't need this guy anymore. Right, yeah, yeah. Now, yeah, now he's just was that too 
Unthor-like? Was, or, no, no, it was perfect. I mean, he's an Asgardian. Yeah. He He's a battle-tested warrior, so he's used to doing yeah. like that. Thor's character development is the greatest character development of any of any of the superhero characters. Okay, yeah, let's so, talk about Thor for a minute. Yeah, so you've got Thor, who in the very beginning of his universe was a very arrogant, mm-hmm. pompous, like, you know, impulsive, soon-to-be king that wasn't really worthy of being king. Right. He had to gain that back. So then you see Thor the Dark World. He becomes a more serious. He starts taking his role more serious. Thor Ragnarok. He loses his father. He's trying to figure out who he is at the same time of trying to fight somebody that's like way more powerful than him. And and at the same time having this relationship with his estranged brother. brother, Right. Through everything. Right. Exactly. Trying to hold on to his estranged brother. You know, so he's had a great character development. Then... Just like, I think one of the most important things is when, you know, all of his people dies on the ship because on Ragnarok, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of it, he settles into, I have to be king. My father's gone. I have to lead my people. Right. Then Thanos comes and Thanos pretty much kills half his people. He kills his brother and he beats Thor. Well, later in Infinity War, he tells Rocket, he says, you know, I've been alive for 1500 years. Thanos is just a, a long line and a bunch of bastards that tried to kill me and I'm going to do the same. Yeah. So Thor and his mind. A lot of the Avengers work together, but in Thor's mind, he still looks at himself as, you know, the king of Asgard. He has to protect the realms. Mm-hmm. So Thanos defeating everybody and causing a stat, Thor took it as a personal failure he took to it himself. Okay. Not that it was like this team failure. Sure. It was like, I'm Thor. I'm Earth is my responsibility. I'm in charge of nine realms. I'm failing. Mm-hmm. So him killing Thanos made a lot of sense because it was like he's looking in the face of his failure. And he, at this point, he can't correct it. Right. So he just goes off and he, he chops his head off. And he didn't ask any questions. He didn't say right. anything. Right. And he then was- it's like, he also looks at it like when he had the chance to kill Thanos, when he was shoving the blade into his chest, mm-hmm. you know, instead of doing it so slowly, he could have did it faster before Thanos got the snap off. So he just really took a lot of the I s- okay. personal responsibility. I was going to ask you about that. For, yeah, mm. for... Thanos being able to do what he did, which made sense. And, you know, the one thing that I really like about that they did with Thor that I'm sure a lot of people didn't catch was that notice that even in his most depressed state, he was all big and out of shape and fat, that he was still worthy. And so they were were trying to send a message that, you know, just because you're depressed and mentally uh, uh, just not there doesn't mean that you've lost your value. And I thought that that was a great message that they were trying to send. That's a... You know, that people might not have, like, picked up on immediately. But, you know, that was Thor. And that's why he was so he was so happy when he got the hammer. He's like, I'm still worthy. You know, because he thought, oh, I'm in this dark place. I'm fat. I'm out of shape. I'm not the Thor that I used to be physically and this stuff. And, like, mentally, you know, I'm just out of it. I'm depressed. But, you know, he hadn't lost his value. He was still worthy. So... Uh, and I love that character development too because they really took it in, in another direction. You know, he's the he's the king. He, he's 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 the egotistical. He's big. He's strong. You know, ripped open, take a shirt off, whatever. But then you throw him into this role, it's like, ah, okay. So he, <laughs> it happens. Yep. You know, you fall off, but yep. you come back, and that's that's cool. Even though still in, I believe in the universe where he goes with the Avenger, and uh, not the Avengers, the Guardians, the Guardians of the Galaxy. Was he still dreadlocks or out of shape? Yeah, when he first gets on their ship, he is. Okay, yes. that's what I thought. Yeah, I don't know. You know, Guardians of the Galaxy is almost like a comedy. So it is. They might keep him that way for the next one just Why to not? add to the funniness of it. Instead of putting him back in regular Thor shape, they might keep it going, you know, um, 
for a little bit. He didn't do anything stupid like actually gain a hundred pounds for that role. That was oh, all. No, that was all costume. Yeah. And Chris Hemsworth is a huge like he's like a big workout freak. Okay, he good. would never. I, I don't. I, like you know, some actors will do that. Like you know, Christian Bale, I think, put on like a bunch of weight to play Vice. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, to play uh, what's the guy that you Vice President of uh, yeah. Bush, uh Dick I Cheney. Saw, I saw that movie. Yeah, that's so, actually a yeah. strange movie. But, but Hemsworth is yeah, he's a workout freak. I don't think he's gonna. He has his own like workout videos and everything. I don't think he's the kind of guy you're gonna get him to put on weight like that. <laughs> yeah, so. Did you like how they kind of went back to collect all the Infinity Stones and they had to kind of go through the same processes uh, to get the Infinity Stones? When, you know, going back to certain points in certain places, uh, especially the one where um, it was, I believe it was uh, the two that were fighting over the stone on the cliff. One of them had to go over the cliff. One of them had to sacrifice. Yeah, Black, uh, Hawkeye. Hawkeye and, and Black, and, uh, Black Widow. Black yeah, yeah, for the soul stone. And I didn't know who was going to... Somebody was going to die yeah. right there, but I didn't know who the hell yeah, it was. I didn't know either. Because Hawkeye turned heel uh, in that five-year yeah, stretch, man. Yeah. He went after... What was it, Japan? And yeah, he, he started was, killing people. Yeah, he was going after the uh, the cartels and the organized crimes. Um, but... Yeah, I thought I thought it was cool. It was a cool walk down memory lane. You got to go back to like the original Avengers movie. Mm-hmm. You got to go back to like originally when Peter Quill found the one stone and was yeah. dancing. Um, and of course, you know, one of them had to die with the Soul Stone. Um, I just felt like I like Black Widow as a character. I, I can't say I was too attached to her. So when I saw her die, it sucked. But even when I, I felt more attached to Gamora in the first Infinity War yeah. when she died. And she when did. she died, I was like, oh my gosh. When Black Widow died, I was like, man, that sucks. But, you know, I just wasn't really in her character that much. But I, I thought it was good. I, I thought that that whole sequence was good because you just didn't know who was going to eat. One kill the other, one sacrifice for the other. They yeah. both tried everything. Yeah. Um, and then ultimately, it was Black Widow who pushed off. If you notice, they did a camera shot with her feet pushing off. Yeah, she off. pushed off. And so yeah. she did it to herself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Hawkeye didn't let her go. But... Uh, and I like how it kind of began and end with you know the, with with Hawkeye well, uh, his actual name um, you know with his Clint, fa- Clint yeah. thank you with his family they showed the, the family on the farm and yeah. everything like that I kind of like that um, let's talk about Gamora for a second it was a nice little uh, nice little treat when the universes kind of collided and um, uh, what's his name. Cool. Uh, Thank you. Peter Quill uh, walked up and because he's still in love with the Gamora who's yeah, dead. Yeah. And this is the Gamora who doesn't know him from a can of paint. Yeah. And she kicks him in the balls. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. that's cool as shit. Because, yeah. um, you know, they this this is the two that have never seen each other, never fell in love. So yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. Right. That was the moment. And then she like tossed an evidence. She's like, this is the one I end up with. Right. It's like, oh, it was just him or a tree. <laughs> right. But, uh, yeah, that was a great moment. And, you know, she's still alive, which is why at the end of it, you see him searching for her on the radar thing. He's trying to find her. So. Right. And that's yeah. why they were both looking on the radar. So, you know, it's like, this is my shit. No, this is yeah, my shit. Yeah, Whatever. Exactly. And he was yeah. looking for her. Yeah. So, that, I'm, sure, I'm sure that will come up again. Yeah. I'm pretty in Guardians sure 3. Like, yeah, Guardians 3. Speaking of them, it was a great call. It was a great... Um, Moment when all of the women of the MCU oh, came together to like have evolution, Cap- baby. <laughs> yeah, help Captain Marvel go through the the thing. Yeah, sorry, I don't mean tapping. I mean, I mean, no, 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 man, no. that was pretty cool. It was, it was cool. It was cool. Didn't moment. they tease that and try to do that in Infinity War? There was a little bit of a yeah a women moment, but not as big as it this wasn't one. as big. It was when Scarlett Johansson, uh, not Scarlett. It was a uh, when Black the uh, Scarlet Witch was in trouble with the with the girl, and then she was like, "Oh, you're all alone." And right. then Black Widow showed up. She's not alone. And then you see her and. Uh, I forget the bodyguard's name from uh, yeah, I know from who you're Black about. Panther, but yeah, right. Denai Guerrero, you see her show up. Exactly. Yeah. 
Yeah. And there's more Black Panther to come. Yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, that was one of the biggest movies of 2018, so you know they're doing another one. Yeah. You know, I just saw a movie called Draft Day with uh, uh, Kevin Costner, and it was all about the NFL draft, and Chadwick Boseman was actually uh, one of the main people in that movie. I had yeah. no idea who yeah. that was. Yeah. And yeah. he was like, uh, and I was like, oh, it's Black Panther. Yeah. Right yeah. So he got around, man. Um, so there's more Black Panther to come, more Guardians of the Galaxy to come, with Thor, probably. Yeah. Um, maybe some... Maybe some uh, I don't know if he'll be in a whole movie, but... He'll, uh, he'll definitely show yeah. up. If he doesn't mind playing the character, then I don't see him... Yeah. I see that being a good you know, pull for the fans. But Captain America, uh, Chris Evans, is that his name? Yeah. I'm done. Done. Right? Yeah. Uh, Black Widow, Scarlett Johansson, done. She's getting her own movie. I don't know how they're doing it. Don't, don't, really? Yeah, they're going to do... It must be like either a They must be going or, back in or, time or yeah, something. It must be a prequel or some type of multiverse She did. But yeah, yeah, she's getting her own movie. Does though. she have any other the uh, MCU characters with her, or is it just? Uh, I think it's just gonna be her. Just her. Yeah, they might they might do a cameo with Hawkeye. We'll see. But I hope so because there's a lot of history there. Yeah. Um. So that would be cool. Uh. Let's see who else is done. Oh, and we 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 okay. I know we talked about this the last time we talked about Infinity and in, in, uh, Avengers Infinity War, and we talked a lot about the Hulk. Yeah. We we skipped over the Hulk a little bit here. Um. That's a that's a story. Now, first of all, he's skippable. <laughs> wait a minute now. <laughs> I like how they explained he got a hold on the gamma. He got he yeah. figured it out, and he figured the perfect mix between Hulk and Bruce Banner. True, and that's how most of the movie came out. Yeah, and I kind of like how when they went back to the ori- original Avengers movie, and he was like, "Oh, maybe I should just go around and smash something now." And then he started tapping yeah. on cars yeah. and maybe broke a window. <laughs> he was like, I thought. I thought it was cool. I thought it was funny. He had some great moments. I just think that I, I just think I would have liked to have seen the Hulk in action to see how his fighting and ability to you know uh, pretty much uh, his ability to fight changes now that he's like a mix between the two. But um, did we get full Hulk in that final war? I don't. We think did. They just they just didn't focus on him. Right. But I remember funny. his arm was jacked up, which right. I got. So it's like I couldn't have everything. Right. He had to be the one to snap his fingers. So it's like you know. It, it had to hurt him. It had to be the Hulk, though, because right. he would be the Precisely. only one that he was could. The only one that could survive. The only right. one that could control. It. Exactly yeah. right. So, and I kind of like the the mix of the Hulk and the Iron Man. Iron Hulk, you know, kind of yeah. Build that together. Yeah. That was kind of cool. Um, but I do like how they finally. I don't know the evolution of the Hulk character with the whole internal struggle with Bruce Banner and the Hulk, and the whole struggle where the Hulk doesn't want to come out. You know, and now yeah. it's just like, oh, after this five year stretch or whatever, oh, I finally figured out how to contain it. So he just kind of cut him off. Right. So he was there, but he, uh, you know, I, I I'm a, still a Hulk fan. I'm a big Hulk fan. Yeah, I think everybody. I think everybody is. I like the Hulk too. Um, I just, I guess, I was just hoping to see more action from his character. But like I said, I get why we. Couldn't get it. He had to do what he, he had, had to do. do. He, he had, had a role to play. Right. And he had to play the role. And he did it. And he did it very well. And yes. the arm was jacked up, and that's cool. Yeah. Um, but I do... Is, is the Hulk done? Is that character done? Um, they haven't said. He's not getting his own movie, as far as I know, but he might... They have one Hulk movie. Yeah, he might make an appearance in somebody else's movie down the line. I just saw Thor Ragnarok again mm-hmm. uh, and how Hulk was uh, I believe he he was you know uh, the main fighter the main event fighter yeah uh, and, and that, that was that was a pretty cool switch for the Hulk even though there was more there was more Hulk like they, when they were sitting down talking they were uh, like he was soaking in the tub or whatever yeah. and they were they were relaxing after the fight there was more Hulk conversation than I liked to, there to be 
Um, the Hulk does a lot of screaming and growling, and that's great. That's yeah. where he should be. And the the top of that for me was when uh, Loki was saying, you know, I'm a god, I'm this, yeah. and, and all of a sudden Hulk just took. Yeah, freaking flailing them around you puny god yeah. that's enough Hulk for me yeah. talking um, so there was a lot of I, I think there's a lot of value in the Hulk um, there, there there could be more and I uh, the character who plays him the other guy who plays him uh, uh, Mark Ruffalo thank you I like that I think that's a good distinction a lot of people have tried to play the Hulk since Bill Bixby Edward Norton tried to do it yeah. uh, Eric Bana Eric Bana um this, this, this has been the, as far as in this universe, I like this portrayal of the Hulk. Yeah, he's been, he's been great. But you gotta see Hulk smash stuff. I mean, yes. Yeah. yeah, so, and like I said, I think we might get something else with the Hulk. I don't think he's, he's totally done with the, with the universe. Mark Ruffalo, at least, I don't think he's okay. done. Yeah. So he might get more. I hope so. But I think he'll end up playing more of a, uh, almost like a Tony Stark kind of role, more so than... That's the, the kind of role Hulk. he played in this. Tony yeah. Stark kind of figured out the thing, uh, the time yeah. travel, but Bruce Banner yeah. was running think, the show. Yeah, I think he'll be more of that scientist, we got to go to him for intellectual stuff more so than, hey, we need help fighting. Because I don't know how much they're going to play up, but that arm is likely permanently damaged, just sure. like Thanos' was. So, you know. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I don't know where they're going to take it. Okay. Yeah. Um, and was, we talked about Thanos. Thanos is gone, all all gone, okay. unless they go back in time and universes or whatever. But th- again, this is something we could dissect a lot of different ways. It was a fun movie. It was a good movie. I can't wait to see it again. Um, let's see. Uh, did we? I'm sure there's more. But uh, Captain Marvel, she will have another movie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Captain Marvel's definitely gonna get another movie. Uh, Doctor Strange will get another movie. Did they bring, you know, and this this was kind of interesting. Rene Russo's character made a cameo. Yeah, it came back as Thor's mom, yeah. How come Anthony Hopkins did not come back to make a cameo? I kept thinking that. I don't, I haven't read anything to explain the reason, but I think the reason was because you, I think you had to make a choice. You couldn't. It was it's a very emotional thing because you got Thor who just lost his father mm-hmm. in Ragnarok, but then he also lost his mother in the Dark World. Right. <clears throat> so bringing both of them, and he back, lost his brother technically in, in the uh, very the last beginning. movie. Yeah, right. So bringing both of them back, I think, would have created too much of like trying to play off of emotion. So I think they had to make a choice of which one would be more meaningful. To someone like Thor, you and know, and his mother, that makes right. sense. Right, and it's like, well, Anthony Hopkins just died, or his father Odin just died, and he gave him very strong words in Ragnarok right. to help him build his character a little more. Right. So I think it was just more fitting for him to have his mother one last time, and kind of in this time of depression, mm-hmm. be the one to kind of like soothe him and ease him into like where his character should go moving forward. And they had a little Natalie Portman cameo. She didn't yeah. say anything. She didn't do anything. Yeah, I, I need to go back and watch The Dark World because I thought it was a cameo, but now I'm not sure if it was a cameo or if they reused footage from The Dark World. Okay. I would have to find out because they, they show that portion where she wakes up mm-hmm. and she and then Rocket comes behind her. Right. But I don't know if it's I don't know if it was footage because I thought it was a cameo at first, but I'm like, that might have been footage from The Dark World. I'm just not remembering because Natalie been. Portman has not wanted to come back for the movies, which is why they wrote her character... Um, oh. And they just said they broke up because she was That's a damn after thing. the dark world. She was um, 
she's pissed off with Marvel because they she wanted a specific director for the Dark World. They got rid of him and got the person that they got. And after that, she was very upset with the MCU, and mm. she had all she had already said like she wasn't coming back to do anything else. So yeah. Why is it controversy, man? Why? Hey, man. Why? It's Hollywood, man. There's so many big name actors, and, and why wouldn't you want to yeah. be a part of the biggest mo- yeah. movie but, franchise ever? Yeah. But you know what? It worked out. I feel like her them getting rid of her character has allowed Thor to be a better character because they're not having to tie him down to some love interest. I feel you. You know, like if you, you already have that with Tony Stark and Pepper. You mm-hmm. got that with Steve and Peggy. You mm-hmm. know, him always thinking about her. And it's like you pretty much had that same thing with Thor, like him trying to be tied down to love interest. So it's allowed him to develop as a character more to me. Tell tell me about and, and this is just me going through the Guardians of the Galaxy and the Avengers. How did Vin Diesel come to playing a character where he only says three I, words? Yo, I have no freaking idea. And they make it a big deal that every time it's Vin Diesel, no matter what version of Groot it is. Yeah, I am Groot. I am Groot. It's all yeah. him. It's him. I, I don't know. I, I really don't know how he came to do that job, but he does he does all of the ones, yeah. I mean, how would we ever know? I guess we wouldn't, but I mean, it's yeah. just seeing yeah. the YouTube a lot, Yeah, A lot of people don't know that uh, Bradley Cooper does Rocket. See, that's know? cool. Yeah. I, I was just about to mention that, and he's a fantastic actor as it is, yeah. and, and, and Rocket is one of the most memorable uh, characters of all the Avengers universe, yeah. so that's pretty cool. I'm glad that Guardians of the Galaxy will go on. Yeah. So, anything else that you can point out? I'm sure we could dissect this a hundred different yeah, ways, man. but anything That's... else that you liked, disliked? Uh... No, man, I thought overall the film, I thought overall the film was good, man. I thought it, more, most importantly, I felt like it brought everything to a conclusion, which a lot of times I feel like it's very hard for movies to do these days. Mm-hmm. They always want to leave space open for this and that. I think that it brought a good conclusion to the series that they've been setting up, and uh, I was pleased with it, man. That's good. Me too. And uh, I was going to wait, you know, as the as the credits continued to roll, I heard that there was just a little bit of an, um, a sound bite at the end of the credits. You just hear Iron Man clanking on the thing from the very first movie. It's just a callback. Okay, that's yeah. what I thought, you know, because yeah. the guys in the theater that were cleaning it up as we were sitting there moving and they were, like, they were like, yeah, it's either a callback to the first movie or could it be a precursor to, you know, creating another, you know, keeping the legacy of Iron Man going, um, but it wouldn't really keep the legacy of Iron Man going now because we've got new Captain America. Right, yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. And, and they're kind of setting up, and when you watch the uh, Spider-Man trailer, you can kind of see that they're setting up for, like, Peter Parker to, like, be, like, the new Iron Man, like he's like that lead out front guy. Well, he was uh, Tony Stark's last protege. Yeah, it was like his protege, right? Exactly. So, and now they've added in a um, in sequence, which is a extended scene from the next Iron Man movie. So, if you go to the movies now to see Avengers, Mm -hmm. I've heard that there is an in credit scene, which is a scene from the new Spider Man movie. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 So they added it in. They added it in, yep. So, yeah. And that Spider-Man movie comes out... July or June? June or July, yep. Okay. Well, good. And then we got... uh, I'm sure we'll talk maybe about Star Wars coming out with the ninth installment uh, later this year. Next podcast, Star Wars. Let's talk... uh, (laughs) Rise of Skywalker. Rise of Skywalker. And and we heard uh, an ominous laugh in that yeah. trailer. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. Ain't nobody ever dead. Nobody no. ever gone. <laughs> 
You know, Ke- yeah. Carrie Fisher could be dead. That's all right. We're right. going to see Han. We're going to see Leia. You know, it's all the work. It's all the work. <laughs> the whole thing. All these movies. That's why we're the Dirty Ugly Entertainment Podcast. <laughs> That's what we are, man. This conversation has been great, man. We've been, been good, waiting man. to do it for a while. Thank you for yeah. uh, heading over to the mansion. Uh, we got, um, yeah. So that we, we talked to Mike Malillo. He's going to be here. He's a fan of movies and television too, so I'm sure we'll talk to him. Um, and we got a lot of stuff coming up during the summer. Uh, and, and thank you, and a shout out to all of our people, uh, all of our podcast listeners, all of our interviewers, guests, everybody. When uh, we got more. We're gonna do more. We're gonna do more, man. We got more things to talk about, more movies, more wrestling, mm. and we'll be back. And we will be back. And uh, as we do, oh, I have one more note. I just wanted to mention. Um, so, so the Baltimore Orioles are the second worst baseball team uh, going on right now. Uh, the Miami Marlins are a little bit worse. Uh, but the uh, you know I'm still a hometown fan. There's talk about you know will the Orioles franchise sell to Las Vegas? Blah blah blah. So that's something to keep an eye on. But there's a lot of stuff going there. Or television deals will they dry up? And what happens? Uh, the Baltimore Blast did not win the soccer championship this year. Uh, you know they've been winning several years, but uh, Baltimore Ravens were kind of you know first game out of the playoffs last year. But Joe Flacco is now officially a Denverite. Uh, his house, his mansion. Has gone up for sale, one point whatever million dollars for the Joe Flacco house. Uh, you got oh, the wow. Baltimore Brigade, which is the inside uh, in, indoor football team. You know, you got them going now. And you did mention, so within the next several months, we're going to be talking about the XFL, which actually does start two weeks after the Super Bowl is finished in 2020. So we got a lot to talk about. Man, By the way, get Vince good. McMahon off TV. Uh, I, I, I don't think he needs to be on TV anymore. He, he's not sharp, he's not quick. Uh, I don't know. Just get Vince off the TV. That's fine. He's not the Vince that we grew up on. You no. know that the Vince that changed wrestling. You know the Vince in Austin era. You know he still got the mind. He still got the power behind the scenes. But I mean, his, his character on camera is not. Too it's not what he used to be. Yeah. So when he gets yeah. punched in the face by Roman Reigns, it doesn't really affect me anymore. Yeah. It makes more sense if you get Triple H out of a wrestling role and have him come out and he can he can read the crowd. He can do the timing. He can yeah. do the character. Yes. And more on that. Later yeah. on down the road. Which I think has worked. I mean, they've done that before where Triple H is like in the role and then he gets super punched. or You know what I'm saying? It's like right. it works. Like it works. Cause and he like, can actually come back yeah. and have a match if necessary. Precisely. Yeah. But, which has happened before, yes. Exactly. Yeah. Um, which he shouldn't do yeah. all the time either because him and Batista, I love Batista, love Drax, but that match was hard to watch. It's, and we were there. Yeah, we were there, man. I mean... It, Everybody knew what it was going to be, man. We all said it yeah. from the beginning. We were like, we're oh, great build-up, whatever. Yeah, Even think, we had yeah. Mikey Mike going because yeah, he was like, this yeah, Brock Lesnar thought it was going to be the best match on the card. <laughs> and what did he say yeah. when we were wrapping it up? He yeah. was like, man, next case. Yeah. <laughs> all right, on that, we could go on forever. But Big Ugly, thank you so much. Thank, thank you, Dirty you, Ugly Wrestling. And we will be back. Three, two, one. Deuces, Deuces out. <laughs>